Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term Booking. Thank you so very much for joining us right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Dynamite. Oh, Dynamite. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm already starting. I'm so fucking tired. AEW Double or Nothing post show for what is now May 30th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, for these types of things. And he was very hesitant to come on here, man. I had to fucking convince him with cheap booze. And maybe uh, Thunder Road. <laughs> he's not. He's not even human, man. Look at him. He's so fucking tired. Jesse, what's going on, man? Not much, man. What's going on? What, what's going on, man? I may. I may have had a shot or two before before the stream started, man. Just to get my energy going, man. I'm drinking right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
man. I had uh, to pour. I had to pour a fucking drink before I came here, man. I'm uh, not gonna make it if I don't. This guy's gonna make it. Don't believe this guy, man. We lasted all day. We lasted all day, man. I had a shot of uh, some uh, some Jameson down below in the basement, man. So we uh, we got some good stuff going on today, bro. My day involved three kids and family company over and trying to entertain everybody and keep up with this pay per view. I don't know how you do it, man. I don't know. Something I didn't tell you earlier because I was just gonna suffer through it and like, eh, forget it. I'll be fine. But the more this shit drug on, I'm like, God, man, I don't know if I can fucking do this. I don't know, man. Listen, man, at, at that main event, I was even contemplating whether or not I should go live tonight. But I didn't want to give Sap any more fucking viewers, man. He's got some uh you know, he's got he's the he's the, the cool kid on the blog. Oh yeah, I got a phone call from MJF. I'm gonna get post-show scrum footage for you guys. I don't give a fuck, man. Jesus fucking Christ. Fuck? Sap is gonna be Sap. Let Sap do I Sap, know. man. I know, whatever. Man, he's a good guy. He's, he's, whatever. Listen, I'm not here to talk about Sap or anybody else. Uh, we got double or nothing. We got a very good pay-per-view, but at the end of it all, Jesse, when it was over, five hours fucking later, we got a very good pay-per-view, but to me, it did not measure up to AEW Revolution in February, man. The length of the show... And I know you and I discussed this. Uh, I made it a big deal, big topic on Friday's post-show, Saturday's post-show for SmackDown and Rampage when I discussed it. Uh, the old model, you and I, loved black and gold. Uh, the old model of TakeOver, the old model of Triple H was absolutely brilliant. It was perfect in every way possible, man. Five hours, five and a half hours for fucking pay-per-view, even though Tony Khan probably had a very good explanation for it. Way too long, bro. I mean... I get that he wants to get everybody on the show. I get that he wanted to combat the NBA playoffs, but Jesus fucking Christ, man. I don't know. Too late. I feel like I'm watching a WrestleMania show that's not WrestleMania. Right, right. How about that buy-in match? Just get to it. That bu- Listen to me. You, ru- you rushing me over here? <laughs> yeah. At- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen to me. You got a cold beverage there, so you'll you be good to go. Listen, we got, you know, I, I want to go over this before we get into the show. Uh, I got some exclusives. I got an exclusive of my own. I'm going to read it right oh. now because I got it on, I got it on Twitter. <laughs> Jesse's going to kill me after the show. Um, we got somebody in the know that filled me in on Tony Khan's uh, mentality here about why he added so much to the show to combat the NBA playoffs. Now, this is a source uh, within the company. I can't reveal who it is, but it, it is a source very close to the situation. This is exclusive. Uh, Tony Khan... Uh, and I'm, I'm his, very swirly enough to just tell everybody who the fuck is. Listen, listen <laughs> shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> shut up. Um, Tony Khan obviously is doing something to combat the NBA playoffs, and the reason behind his madness is as follows. This is from my source, and I quote, He added more to the card as business insurance against the NBA if there are, let's say, for example, 7 million Americans watching Game 7 of the Celtics and the Miami Heat, he thinks that it is entirely possible that a, a few thousand might say at the end, oh, oh, hey, there's still some good stuff on the pay-per-view, which he did a very good job at loading up the second half of that pay-per-view and order double or nothing still. Jump in live, watch the rest of it later. Um, Tony Khan apparently says that he does it all the time and he watches UFC and all that stuff, says the source. And there's a ton of money behind that. So, for example, if 2,000 people buy the pay-per-view late in the uh, the night at the end of Game 7, that's almost $100,000, and that's Tony Khan's added pay-per-view revenue. So 
he thought that was the right way to go about it, and that was the mentality that he went into this, booking this 13 matches deep. So that is the reason I, obviously, for the fans here, I, I think that it is way too long to do a pay-per-view, and I've always uh, stuck by the fans' point of view, but that's the business point of view from this source in AEW uh, that has relayed this message as uh, Tony Khan's uh, theory and mentality uh, as regarding the the length of the pay-per-view. Jesse, what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. Now, if you don't start the show, I'm going to reveal who the goddamn source is. Oh, my goodness, man. Let me get into my usual spiel. I see what type of fucking attitude this guy's going to got. So uh, I'm moving this show. Uh, uh, I know. I know, man. Listen, listen. I know everybody. Listen, man. How many people we got in here? It's going to be one hell of a fucking potion. We got uh, uh, three fucking. We thousand. got 3000 people on at 1 a.m., bro. At least you could fucking put on a goddamn <sighs> smile. All right, man. Put all on right, a goddamn right. smile, all right? All right. Listen, guys, I appreciate you joining me at this late hour. I know many of you guys are uh, still filing in. I know many of you guys will probably watch the pay-per-view post-show uh, tomorrow or later this morning during breakfast or whatnot, but I appreciate you guys joining us. Hit that thumbs up, first and foremost. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,500 likes minimum on tonight's Double or Nothing post-show. Super Chats are in. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Uh, we'll read all your comments, thoughts, and opinions at the end of the show with our cold beverages. Um, join the channel. OTS memberships are open, as always, always. So make sure you guys get them on in. Join the VIP club. Hit that join button below. And uh, you guys get exclusive access to those emotes and those badges in the chat and the comment sections across the channel. Make sure you guys follow me on social media. Thank you guys for almost 40,000 followers on Twitter at JD from NY206. You guys can follow Jesse at Chi-Town Smart on Twitter as well. You guys can also follow Jesse on YouTube as he reviews AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation. He does the live stream uh, watch along. So you guys can catch him on Monday and Tuesday. And when I am not available for Rampage, he does the occasional Rampage review as well on his channel. So make sure you guys go find him over there as well. Also, make sure you guys go check out this afternoon's OTS 432. We were live for almost three hours. We went over a a plethora of details and gave you a real in-depth discussion about MJF and everything that happened there with him in Las Vegas. My thoughts and opinions on that. Really blunt and upfront with you guys about MJF. Even though we all love MJF, I think he fucked up in that situation, being that it was a legit shoot at the end of all of it. And Stephanie McMahon, uh, big, big, big uh, reason why she walked away. And uh, that reason is Nick Khan. So make sure you guys go and check that out live on the channel right now. Uh, Jesse and I also did a Twitter Spaces. We did that. That's on my Twitter. If you guys want to go back and listen to that, it is all there archived. So you guys can go check that out. And today's show is sponsored by Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash off the script. 30 days free of their service and one free audio book of your choice. I want to thank Audible for being a great friend of the podcast as always. Jesse, let's get into the buy-in match. We had Danhausen and Hook, Hookhausen versus Tony Nice and Smart Mark Sterling. This was actually not as bad as I anticipated it would be. And to be blunt with you, Jesse, I know uh, I know Danhausen's a very entertaining act. I know Danhausen is not for everybody. Uh, he definitely was brought in by Tony Khan to uh, sell some merchandise, and he's a big merchandise seller. He's major over with this audience. Uh, he shocked the hell out of me, man. I thought he, I actually thought he was very good tonight, pulling out some hurricanranas. He was getting in there, doing some shit before he got the hot tag to Hook, and Hook took over. And in the end, we got Hookhausen 
getting a victory over Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling. Very innocent match, very fun match, as we expected it to be in the buy-in. Um, what'd you think of this one? I thought it was entertaining. Did you just say Danhausen was really good? Yeah, I thought he played his role well. Am I the only one that tired? Are you fucking nuts? What the? Bro, listen, I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to go. Put on a fucking smile, bro. Come on. Look, the match was fine. Yes, it was fun. Match it was, was fun. It was fun housing. The match was fun. The match was cool. Uh, you said Dan Housen was good in the ring. I what thought the? Dan Housen, whatever he did in the ring, bro, I thought it was he didn't fuck up or anything. He was in there for a couple of seconds. He did a hurricanrana. Jesse caught his his camera off. This fucking guy. Oh no, I didn't, man. It fucking it came loose. Shit, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can hear you. I'm sorry. The USB shit came loose when I was moving my paperwork. Um, no, man. <laughs> Look, this, I'm working on the camera. Give me a second here. The oh, um, the match was entertaining. The match was fine. I mean, but it just Dan Housen did fine for what he was supposed to do. He was entertaining, but it wasn't a good wrestling match, though. No, of course not, man. It was a fun match. It was supposed to be an entertaining match, but he got yeah. in there and you know he did his thing, and I thought it was entertaining. Suplex from Dan Housen, nice little suplex from Dan Housen. That that made him reach the hot tag to Hook. Nice wanted to tag out because he didn't want to stand next to Hook there in the ring. Sterling dropped off the apron. This allowed Hook to hit uh, you know a bunch of suplexes on Tony Nice. Nice tagged himself out and Hook t- took out Sterling with an overhead throw, which landed him right on his head. Hook had Sterling beat, but opted to tag in Dan Housen, who did the easy pin, the cheesy pin, one two three, and Hook Housen gets a nice little victory on the AEW. Double or nothing buy-in. How's your beverage there, bro? You feeling good? It's getting there, man. All right, good. It's getting there. Uh, we may see we may see some uh, some sarcasm in uh, in the Jesse. We really uh, get on Wednesday, hopefully. <laughs> Never get sarcasm from me. What are you talking about? Main show, guys. This is where this all kind of came to a blow right at the top, and I got to commend Tony Khan for making this decision. Um, before we got into this show tonight, Jesse, I, I did not really opt to put this match on first. In fact, I don't think this match was going on first before whatever happened on Saturday happened. I lobbied for Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb to open the show just based on the way that that program with both of those ladies has been booked. But when we got this match announced by Dave Meltzer this afternoon, Wardlow and MJF went on first. First and foremost, Jesse, I got to commend Tony Khan for putting this match on first. It was a ballsy move. And I think it was actually a, a very good move because he didn't want the elephant in the room to be lingering about all through the show into the 9 o'clock hour, the 10 o'clock hour. He wanted to get this shit out there. He wanted to get this shit over with, and he wanted to get MJ off, off, off the show so that everybody else can put that behind them and enjoy the rest of the show because there was a lot of good shit still yet to come. What do you think about his decision to put this match on first? Yeah, it felt like he just they put the match on and buried him and then put him on that pre-booked flight back to New York, man. I bet he was on that jet before the fucking, you know, the uh, promo package started for the next match, man. So what you're saying is Tony Khan probably booked that flight for MJF? Probably. Probably. I don't know. (sighs) They probably just changed the fucking date on it, man. That that guy was, I, I, I bet you that guy was out of there before the end of the show. Yeah, I I don't I don't uh, put it past Tony Khan for uh, for that either. Um, the match itself, the match itself was very surprising. Uh, MJF obviously on the surface acted like MJF. He kind of exuded 
that MJF prick-like nature. Um, it almost, to me, Jesse, and I don't know if I was reading too much into it, it, it almost seemed like MJF tonight really did not want to be there at all. And that body language, it, it's not the same body language as MJF. MJF is a prick, but he's an excited prick. It, it felt like he was not happy to be there whatsoever, and I even put it in the notes. MJF is here. He mocked everybody by fucking pretending that he was a plane in the ring. He was flying around the ring with his arms out. And it almost felt like he did not want to be there. Did you get that vibe from MJF tonight? I I did. But at the same time, I'm not going to lie. It just felt like any other time. So what's he supposed to do? He come out and and he, he flips off the crowd and and then mad and cursing people out. and th- He didn't do anything different. No, he didn't do anything different. But you notice the difference in, in, in his body language. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, clearly the guy is upset, you know. He's pissed off. Um, I still think there's more to the story that we don't know. As far as, as far as like, the the real ins and outs as to why MJF is really upset. Yeah. And I think there's more behind it. But it feels like one of those things we're not going to know too much later. Then we'll go, oh, you know, that makes a little bit more sense, you know. Yeah, I, I talked about it a lot on the podcast. You guys want to go check that out at some point uh, later today. You guys can certainly do that. Jesse and I talked about it again, and he gave his opinion on, on the Twitter spaces. Uh, I'm sure we will go over it again on Wednesday as more information comes out about it. I don't want to spend too much time with him here talking about that. But uh, just the basis of it all, um, MJF, it, it seems to be a money thing. But at the same time, I don't think it's a money thing. I think it's an ego thing. Tony Khan's going to pay him. It's obviously not about creative because MJF is going to be creatively fine under Tony Khan. We don't know what his issue is. Uh, it may be something that, like Jesse said, we don't have any idea about. And he's telling nobody and nobody knows. But hopefully we'll find out more as the uh, weeks go on. And obviously with the end of this match, clearly something is going to happen as far as MJF being on AEW Dynamite uh, is concerned. Uh, MJF's here, Jesse. He's mocking the plane story by pretending he's a plane. Wardlow came out of a holding cell, which they described as a hockey uh, a hockey cell that they put people in during hockey games and... Uh, I guess it's like it's a penalty box of some sort. He came out handcuffed. Crowd was absolutely on fire for this match. You you fucking see MJF on Dynamite every week, man. It's hot, hot, hot for MJF. This was fucking crazy today, the way the hatred for him was amped up, I guess justifiably so. So we got a crowd chanting, fuck him up. The crowd was chanting, fuck him up to Wardlow as the bell rang. MJF did a ton of stalling here. Didn't want to get in the ring. Wardlow finally got his hands on MJF and tried for a powerbomb, and MJF scattered away like a little pussy. MJF went for a sunset flip. Warlow looked at him and said, really, you're not going to get that one over on me? Picked him up, uh, and he tried for a powerbomb, but MJF bit his head to get out of the hold. Warlow went for another one, another powerbomb, but MJF went for a hurricanrana into a pin. Uh, there was a big fuck you MJF chant. MJF then faked an injury. And then they called him out, and the crowd chanted, bullshit, bullshit to MJF. MJF then went for the ring. It was in his tights. He put the ring on, and he got caught red-handed by Bryce Remsburg and Wardlow. It was, like, uh, the silliest thing ever. Like, he thought he was going to get away with it, and both guys caught him red-handed. And then he begged MJ, uh, MJF, did he begged Wardlow that he was going to up his pay two times. And then he said he's going to up his pay three times, and then up his pay four times. Pay him four times the amount that he usually pays him. And MJF did not succeed in bribing Wardlow. Wardlow grabs MJF. One power bomb goes up again. Two power bomb. Three power bombs. Four power bombs. Jesse, we get 
10 power bombs for Sean Spears, man. We got a perfect 10 power bombs here. And Wardlow wins with 10 power bombs. Referee counted one, two, three. As Wardlow put his foot on MJF's chest. After the match was over, Jesse, MJF was stretched out with a neck brace. Neck brace was put on him, and the crowd started to chant, You deserve it, as they carted him away on the gurney. MJF seemingly, Jesse, was written off television. Now, he has a, a two-year deal still remaining with AEW. What do you think is going to come of this? Will we see MJF back on AEW television, or is this the last we see of AEW and MJF together? And did Tony Khan possibly grant this man his release to go wherever he wants? Because if Tony Khan feels like MJF doesn't want to be there, why would Tony Khan want him in the locker room? Well, it definitely felt like a write-off. So that's that's not a um that's not a guess at all. That that's that's a that's a television write-off. So um for how long? I don't know. You know, I'm thinking he probably takes them off TV until they get a chance to actually sit down and, and work all of this shit out. Because I mean, if this is if this shit is all one hundred percent legit, then I mean, my next course of action if I'm TK is I'm going to sit this man down and we're going to come to some kind of agreement on what we're going to do going forward because this can't happen again. No, I, I absolutely agree with you, and I think that's the reason why they've written, written him off television. That, that, yeah. that's, that's exactly what I believe Tony Khan did here. Took him off television, going to sit him down, and going to talk about it, and then when things come to a conclusion, he will be brought back to television and he will be placed in major storylines once again. Yeah, agreed. But the match itself, guys, you know, Jesse and I talked about this during the show. We do not think that this was the original match that was sketched out, planned out before Saturday. This was not the way that it was supposed to go. This was this was AEW. This was Tony Khan. And this was management showing MJF that we're not to be fucked with. We're the bosses here. You follow us. You're here for two years. You want to play fucking hardball. You want to fucking touch the fire and, and, and play with the fire. You're going to get burned. Uh, Jesse, I don't think this was the match that was originally planned because this was a fuck. This was a fucking squash. This was a burial. No, this wasn't. This there's no way in hell this was the planned um, match going into this weekend. Um, I don't believe it was the planned outcome either. I think everything was um, altered because of the events this weekend. Um, if you look at everything that they did for this build, this 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 the build for this match. There was more build for this match than any other match on this entire card. Yes. I dare you to name a single match that had a bigger build than this one. And they get here, they throw it on first, they squash MJF in a matter of minutes, they put him on a gurney and roll him out. Now, if you believe that that's the plan they had for these guys coming into this weekend with all of that build, you're crazy, man. They changed it because of what happened. I believe MJF was scheduled to fucking win just by the go-home segment alone. Are you still on this? Are you still harping on MJF winning, bro? What the, what the fuck uh, is wrong I'm with not, you, man? I'm not harping on that. <laughs> I, I think that was part of the... I think that was one of the things that was changed, man. I, 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 think, I think that's one of the things that was changed. I think MJF was supposed to win. I think this feud was supposed to continue and Wardlow was supposed to win the next match. I do. Well, I don't know about all that. I think the outcome was largely going to remain the same. Wardlow getting the victory. I, I don't think it uh, really made sense for anything else to happen. But MJF legitimately buried tonight, squashed. We do not see him back on Dynamite in Los Angeles on Wednesday. 
Uh, like Jesse said, and I absolutely agree, I think this was a way to write MJF off television. Tony Khan and MJF will sit down, and when we see MJF on television, we see MJF on television. So I'm That's not going to really harp on it anymore because he he was on a losing end in this match, and what he did was unprofessional. And yes, it was unprofessional. When fans' money is involved here the way it was with MJF and the Fan Fest, and, and you're seen gambling in the casino, then I, at that point, everyone, oh, it's a work, it's a work. No, it's not a work. It's, uh, it's first a, it's off, a I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy that fucking report because if he was gambling in the casino, we would have saw pictures of it. Everybody in their mama has fucking cell yeah, phones. Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree. I even said it on the podcast today. I mean, take that with a grain of salt. The fans said that he was yeah. in the casino. It could have been fucking anybody. It could, it could have been. It might, maybe it was. But, but look, if they really, if I'm in the casino walking around in Vegas and on the weekend for a double or nothing, and I see MJF, I'm pulling out my phone and taking a picture. <laughs> you don't, even, don't, you don't, don't get in the man's face as he's fucking. Play, I mean, from across the room, I'm gonna zoom in and get a picture and say, "This is MJ." If nothing, this is right in the God. I mean, and you can attest to this. If nothing else. I would have snapped that picture and sent it to you and be like, hey, look, MJF in the fucking casino. Would've. Yes, I know you, you would. Know? I would have done the same I'm, thing. You know, and then like later on, I'm like, oh, shit, he no-showed. Oh, shit. Well, I got a picture of him in the fucking casino. Uh, I think they changed everything. MJF <laughs> knows how good he is, bro. MJF knows how good he is. We know how good MJF is. Like you said before, you know, you, you may, in your opinion, you said it's a money thing, and he doesn't want people coming in from WWE stealing his thunder, but... You know, and no matter who comes in from WWE, man, he's nobody's gonna steal MJF's thunder. Nobody's gonna steal pay from him, and he's gonna get paid. He's gonna get what he deserves. It's just gotta take a little time. And, and I feel like he's acting like a spoiled bitch. Yeah, yeah I, I get it, man. I, I think there's more to the story. I don't, I don't know. Right, we'll see. It, it just seems, it just seems odd. The, I mean, it, the, look, it doesn't seem odd as to why it's going on. It seems odd as to why this is coming to a head. Right now, the guy has a year and a half left on his fucking deal. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's getting ready to end this deal coming up in the next few weeks, and he's no. already tired. What's his plan to ditch every fucking show from now till two thousand twenty-four? I don't know. No, he got to show up to work. What was his? Why was he actually almost not gonna show or something like? There was something else going on that, that peeved him off to the point of right now. Well, what, whatever it is on the surface, man, it's like you said, it's either cash or creative. It's I, I, I can't imagine it's either one of those two things. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Why is either one of those two things? It's got to be something yeah. else. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's going to be the future world champion. We'll talk about that when we talk about CM Punk. But MJF buried tonight by Wardlow. Uh, the right outcome, Wardlow uh, got the All Elite graphic at the end of the, the match, and he is finally All Elite per storyline. He is now a free hey. man. And he's going to be a megastar. Las, Las Vegas absolutely love Wardlow tonight. So congratulations to him. I'm very much looking forward to seeing his ascent because he's fucking awesome. But not only that, though, if if the plan here tonight was clearly, I mean, obviously Punk went over as champion. If they went in with the original plan, why would MJF lose if they're heading for a collision course with MJF and CM Punk for the world title? MJF wasn't going to lose this fucking match. He would have stayed strong to go into Punk. Well, you're at, you, you're pretty much saying that you have to do the MJF Punk match right away. You don't have to do a match right away. You have to do it right away, but you still want to keep him strong. And he's I been looking. He looked weak coming out of that um that go home angle. I thought they would have kept him strong for this one. Well, I, I mean, after tonight, I don't even know if we should be talking about MJF winning world world title. He didn't look like a world champion tonight. He looked like somebody that was uh, about to be fucking kicked out of the company. Well, yeah, he's done now. So uh, I thought it was uh, entertaining, to say the least. The crowd loved it. They loved to hate on MJF. Uh, I hope all is okay with him. We both love him here. 
We we love MJF. He's the best heel in the fucking business. He may go down and when his career is over, he's the best heel of all time. But something else is going on there. And obviously, if I hear anything, I will let you guys know right here on the podcast. But Wardlow is now all elite officially via the storyline. And he beat MJF tonight at double or nothing. We go into the second match, Jesse. It's the Hardy Boys versus the Young Bucks. This is elites versus deletes. First thing I noticed is the Las Vegas theme for the Young Bucks, man. They came out to Viva Las Vegas, remixed with Super Kick Party, which I thought was awesome. They came out dressed as Elvis clones. They, they even had the sideburns all ready to go, and that was a uh, great look for them. And we got the Hardys coming out, man. I don't know what the chat thought, and I don't want to make any uh, insinuations or assumptions here, but let's see if, if Jesse felt the same way watching this match. I know he was down on the Hardys anyway coming into this match, and you know we kind of butted heads a little bit creatively as far as what we want with the Hardys. You know, after watching this match, uh, I'm actually going to have to agree with Jesse uh, with his uh, assessment of the Hardys. Maybe the tag team championships to cap off a, a great career in AEW may be uh, a little bit too much for them. Jesse, they did move like an old-timer team tonight. Uh, I felt like they were off tonight, mostly Jeff. Uh, again, I don't want to make assumptions, but, man, Jeff looked fucking off tonight, man. I, he was He looked a little loopy to me, man. I don't know what had happened there, but he did not look like he was ready for a match tonight. Well, he left and went through the crowd. I know, and Matt looked at him like he was a fucking lunatic. <laughs> yeah, it was a little weird. He he, he was like camped out in the corner for a second, yeah. and the ref was checking on him. Like, and Matt had to he go was in. Very, and if pretend. I could, if I could use a word, bro, he was very floaty. He was very floaty yeah. out there. I mean, he, it, like, it, it was a little odd. I mean, I thought I thought he was hurt, and I'm not I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm not going to lie. Until you started insinuating what you started insinuating right now, it never once crossed through my head that maybe he was not in his right mind. But I don't know why he would be if Matt is right there with him. Matt, I think, would be the voice of reason there. I know, man. But, I mean, look, we we might be venturing down the entirely wrong road here. Uh, I know. know. It's it's just just a a vibe that I got by watching him. There's nothing wrong with me telling you guys what I saw. But if, 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 if... If you're hiding something from people, you hide it from your loved ones as well. Yeah. So just putting it that way. I, I, I hear you, man. I, I get it. I know it. I, I have it in family. So um, I, it just looked a little, a little off to me. Um, the match itself, uh, I expected a lot worse, to be quite honest with you, just knowing, you know, the Hardys and, and the, the way that they move now and how, how uh, I don't want to say old, but they're up there. They're not the same Hardys that we, uh, that we knew 20 years ago. But no. it, it was a little slow. Like you said, Jesse, perfectly stated to me via text today during the show. Uh, the Young Bucks had to slow down their offense to keep uh, the pace so that the Hardys could maintain a good match. Yeah. And that's what we saw tonight. It was it was the Young Bucks wrestling a slower pace match so that the Hardys could stay up with the Young Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw somebody in the, in the chat just now say his boot came off. Yes, yeah, it did. I saw, I saw his boot come unstrapped. Why didn't he restrap it? And it stayed that way. He didn't it even stay that way. He's sitting off in the corner with the ref talking. I thought they were restrapping his boots so he could be good to go. It, it just stayed unstrapped. No, I thought he, I thought he was laying in the corner. Listen, I didn't, I didn't even pay attention. I thought he was laying in the corner selling whatever the fuck move that he had done to him. And he just laid there like he was passed out. And then I, all no. of a sudden I see him get up and his boot is half off. Yeah, he botched. He slipped. He botched. And it was like, oh, what was that? And then, like, oh, his boot was, you know, came loose. All right, well, they probably in the corner, you know, fixing that shit up right now and that's when matt went on this you know his little his, his little run and i look back and the rest just like talking to jeff i'm like oh shit it's not his boot maybe he's hurt 
you know, he must be hurt or something. So I figured they were going to keep him sidelined until, you know, the match was over. Then he got back into the action. I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on. But not to write this moment until you said something that I ever even think for a half of a second that maybe he was not in, in the right state of mind. It never crossed my mind, but I don't rule it out. I didn't think about it until right now. Like, oh, it's possible. Maybe yeah. I guess it's possible. Well, both teams worked their ass off. Matt Matt Hardy worked his ass off to carry the load for this for this team, for the Hardys. Uh, the Young Bucks worked their ass off. I thought they wrestled a great match here. And, and Matt Hardy, uh, he got the hot tag after after Jeff was being beaten down. And Matt the post Bucks, on Twitter saying the boot was broken. The boot was broken. Okay, well, how the fuck are we supposed to know? We're not there in the crowd. We don't know what the fuck yeah. happened. Uh, as far yeah. as we're concerned at home, his fucking boot came untied. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. I mean, give me a break. Uh, somebody in the chat said nobody pays attention. Everybody's fucking paying attention. I got a whole fucking thing of notes here. Nobody fucking pays attention. I got five fucking hours to do nothing but pay attention. Jesus fucking Christ, man. Get him out of the chat. Uh, anyway, uh, Matt was getting the hot tag. Jeff was being beaten down. Uh, the Bucks, uh, in that meantime, were isolating Jeff. They beat him down with some frequent tags. Uh, Jeff was stopped from making the tag to Matt Hardy. Jeff avoided a whisper in the wind attempt from the young Bucks because they've been imitating the Hardy's uh, uh, signature moves. Uh, that was from Matt Jackson. That fi- uh, backfired on him. Matt Hardy got the hot tag and repeatedly drove the Bucks face first into the turnbuckles. Delete, delete, delete. Crowd was eating that up. Uh, he then did some of the same to Brandon Cutler before hitting a side effect on Nick Jackson for two. Nick sent Matt Hardy. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. To the floor and hit an X factor on Jeff before we got a little uh, montage of moves uh, from everybody. Hardy looked for a springboard, but Nick super kicked him off the ropes onto his uh, brother. Nick then landed a flipping senton onto the Hardys. The Bucks hit risky business on Matt for a two count. Nick inadvertently hit his brother with a rising knee, then inadvertently cracked uh, Brandon Cutler in the face on the outside, and he landed out to the floor. Jeff landed a diving shoulder block on Nick as Matt Hardy hit a side effect on the apron, which looked great. Hardy's hit poetry in motion. Matt Jackson countered a twist of fate by slingshotting Matt Hardy into his brother. Jeff countered on the top with a jawbreaker. Matt Jackson then avoided a swanton bomb and hit a twist of fate, followed by a Nick twist of fate for a near fall. Jeff then avoided a BTE trigger as the Bucks cracked their knees together and they took themselves out. The Bucks recovered and flattened both Hardys with some super kicks. As the Hardys were on their knees, the Bucks laid in more repeated super kicks, but the Hardys kept getting up and they even kicked out at a couple of near falls by the Bucks. 
The Bucks then turned the steel steps on their side on the outside, perched Jeff on top of them. Then Matt Hardy popped up, hit a BT bomb on Nick. Jeff placed Matt Jackson on the steel steps, and he landed a swanton bomb off the top rope onto uh, the steel steps there. Inside the ring, Matt Hardy hit the twist of fate for a great near fall. Nick then cradled Matt Hardy, but Hardy came back with a side effect and another twist of fate. Jeff climbed the top rope and landed a regular-looking swanton bomb for the win, and the Hardys beat the Young Bucks. Jesse, was this the right decision for the Hardys to beat the Bucks here? And wh- what what does this mean for the continuation of these two teams? Are we going to get a rematch here? Or like you said, man, I-, I could definitely see it happening. The Young Bucks retire the Hardys at some point this year. Yeah, I mean, it seems like that's, that's where they're going because the Bucks are going to be um, not happy about the loss and then want to, you know, get another match, but then they're going to want to up the stakes. So it's going to be, you know, for their retirement, you know, obviously the Bucks are not going to retire if they lose, so they'll have some kind of other stipulation in that match. But, yeah, I'm expecting some kind of um, – I eventually, at the end of the day, I, I can see the – um, the Bucks being the ones to retire the Hardys. I don't think the Hardys would rather have it any other way. And they're old school like that. You know, if you're going to come, you're going to go out, you're going to go out, you know, putting someone else over. And um, I know they respect the Bucks a lot. So I can see the Bucks retiring the Hardys. Yeah, I could see that too. And I, and I do agree with you. I think, uh, I think the Hardys would actually uh, prefer that. I think that uh, is the team yeah. to retire the Hardys when uh, all is said and done. And listen, it was a decent match. It wasn't uh, a classic by any means. But it was a serviceable match that really didn't have any build on regular TV going into the pay-per-view. And it did what it was intended to do. It entertained. And hopefully Jeff is okay at the end of it because uh, I do think he was a little wonky today. And we'll see what happens on uh, Dynamite. We're going to be in California, so I'm assuming the Bucks are going to be heavily featured on that show in their home state on Wednesday as they make their California debut on Wednesday. Right. All right. Hold on. Um, According to uh, SAP, um, he reached out to MJF on text, and MJF said he said that he showed up shortly before the match and left right after, and has a lot to think about. That 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 was that that was MJF's response. Okay, he has a lot to think about. Great, we know. Showed that. up right before his match, left right after, and he has a lot to think about. Another fly dead. Goodbye, fly. Killed somebody <laughs> here. Thank you. Uh, I, I guess that that makes sense. I mean, uh, yes, he's got a lot to think about. You know, he 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 got there a little bit before the match, uh, and then he went home after the match was over. Okay, good. Yeah, go back to New Jersey. Go uh, no, New Jersey. Go back to Long Island and uh, and uh, think about it. That's all. Take your yeah. time, man. We want you here. Hopefully, you make the right decision. Moving on, man. Anna Jay and Jade Cargill. This was for the TBS Championship. Something that I. Uh, I think should have easily been put on Rampage this coming Friday in Los Angeles, but uh, I am not Tony Khan. He wanted to get everybody on the show, especially Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill hasn't been really in uh, the thick of things with the TBS title because she's running through everybody, and now she has no competition. So in comes Anna Jay, man. Anna Jay wore a throwback to her first ever in-ring gear tonight. She looked great uh, on uh, Double or Nothing tonight. Jade had uh, a bunch of Cabernet dancers, a bunch of showgirls, out there dancing with her during her entrance. No Mark Sterling. No baddies. The baddies did not walk down to the ring with Jade. They were sitting ringside in the baddie section. Jade had red and green hair. She's 31-0, going for 32 tonight. So we got what I thought, Jesse, was probably the worst match of the entire night. Uh, j- just like I said before, this match did not have any business being on the show. 
Uh, they did a tie-up and started to work at very fast pace. They went right at each other, right at the top. Uh, they didn't even ease into a match. They just went 1,000 miles an hour right at the top. Jade took control with a power slam, followed by a snap suplex. She goes to the second turnbuckle with a double axe handle smash. Jade was dominating at this point, up on top. She gets cut off by Anna Jay. Anna Jay with a second turnbuckle superplex down on Jade. She's in control. Jade's back up then, charged, runs into a back elbow from Anna Jay. Anna with a flying forearm. Anna goes to the, to the top rope. She goes back up top. She wanted to fly in this match, went up to the top rope several times, and it looked like she went for a blockbuster, but she kind of botched the move and didn't really execute it the way as it was supposed to be intended. Both women now on the outside, and Jade goes into the steel steps, thrown into the steel steps by Anna Jay. Uh, the baddies, they jumped the barricade, and they are now at ringside. They try and interfere, and Anna Jay took them out with a double DDT. Nicely done there. Back in the ring, Jade with the pump kick off of the distraction. Anna Jay gets back up, got a quick roll-up on Jade for a two-count. Mark Sterling got his ass beat by Hook in the opening match. He comes limping out with a crutch and in a suit. He comes limping down to the ring and threw the crutch in the ring behind the referee's back. I, I don't know how he didn't see a crutch flying behind him, but uh, I am not an AEW official. So the crutch is in the ring for Jade to use, but Anna Jade took it, delivered a side Russian leg sweep with the crutch on Jade, and she goes for a near fall, gets a two count. John Silver then comes out, and he's down there, down there to help Anna Jay and Sterling. Uh, so he gets involved with John Silver. He gets a brain buster on the floor. In the ring, Jade with the eye of the storm signature move. Anna Jay kicks out. Anna Jay then managed to fight back and get the Queen Slayer sleeper hold on Jade, but Jade backed her into the corner to escape. Anna Jay went back up top, and now both are perched up top. And this ends with them both battling for position, and Anna Jay is distracted, Jesse, by Malcolm Bivens. Stokely Hathaway makes his AEW debut after telling everybody at a comedy show he was done with professional wrestling. I think he was trolling everybody, clearly. <laughs> Malcolm Bivens cause a distraction, and Jade Cargill wins with a jaded off of the second rope. Out comes our girl, Chris Statlander, as backup for Anna Jay. And following her, Jesse, was another debut. Athena Palmer makes her AEW debut. She's aligned herself with now Anna Jay and Chris Statlander, or maybe just Chris Statlander. I don't know. Looks like it's going to be a three-on-three with the ladies here. Ember Moon and Malcolm Bivens, Jesse, have arrived in AEW as Jade and the baddies now have some legit competition in the women's division, man. This was more noteworthy than anything that happened in the match, and it is official. Stokely Hathaway and Athena Palmer are now all elite, man. This is fantastic. Two great signings by Tony Khan for AEW. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, uh, great pickups, obviously. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, Athena is, is is needed. Yes. Um, I think uh, I think Stokely is what Jade needed. Yes. I think I, I, I think smart Mark Sterling. Um, I think he's good for what he he does, but he's not good enough for Jade star power. No. I think he's too much comedy. Yeah, too much comedy for because Jade is not a comedy wrestler. She doesn't have a comedy stick. She needs a serious uh, mouthpiece, and this is fantastic for her. She's growing. Her star is growing. Yeah, uh, and we talked about uh, Malcolm Bivens, Stokely Hathaway being aligned with Jade on here. I mean, we talked about it. I'm sure all the people have talked about it, too. It was a very easy decision to make. But the thing about it is, Jesse, I, I know it's been talked about everywhere, and we know that this show is heavily watched by a lot of people, and uh, some people in AW may be catching wind of what we say, and other shows as well in the IWC. But 
it, it goes to show you, Jesse, that people in AEW, especially Tony Khan, listens to the audience. This was a very, a very pushed narrative for Stokely yes. Hathaway to be added to Jade Cargill and the Baddies Act. And look at yes. what we saw on tonight's show. Yes, it, it's one of those things where, like, if you're on the fence or thinking about something, if you're not sure, you don't know, and if you look around and check social media and check some of the outlets and everybody else is screaming for it, it makes you feel a little bit more confident in doing it yourself. Like, oh, I don't know. Let me see. Look around. Like, okay, yeah, definitely a good idea. Everybody's claiming, you know, clamoring for it. Let's do it. Give the people what they want. Um, I think he'll be a fantastic addition to their mouthpiece. I, I hope she. I hope she treats him um a little bit better than she treated sterling because sterling was a lot a bit of a joke yeah you know i mean she doesn't have to go full you know in love and baby face on him but just don't treat him like a joke though. yeah yeah last time we heard from stokely he was uh doing a comedy show and said that uh he did not hear the rumors about him being called up to the main roster as malcolm bivens to manage omas uh being that he fibbed on this one saying that he was done with professional wrestling i wonder if he fibbed on that one too and he just didn't want anybody to know because that was fucking embarrassing for him is uh, a creative idea. He didn't want that out there, but uh, he's there. I, I think what you said is uh, absolutely correct. And with Statlander, Jesse, we have now her aligning. And it's interesting with Statlander because she she claimed that she lost all her friends and she transitioned into this new character because she's all about herself now and she doesn't trust anybody. And, and here she is aligning with Athena. Is this going to eventually lead? And I know you talked about it. Um, is this going to lead lead to Chris Statlander? befriending Athena and then having this friendship fall apart and maybe and maybe Chris Statlander turns the page and turns heel eventually after I think she wins the TBS championship. Um, here's what I think, and you're not going to like it. Um, I think that they're going to pair Athena with Chris Statlander. Um, I think we got the baddies in um, Kira Hogan and Red Velvet. Um, we got, um, the renegade twins coming in. I think they're positioning themselves for women's tag team titles. No, I didn't say I agree with it. I think they're doing, I already heard a, like not a rumor about it, but some kind of like, uh, uh, like AEW sponsored online inquiry. Like, Hey, what do you think about AEW women's tag team titles? Meaning they're floating the idea. I'm telling you, anybody that's watching this show right now that is maybe, possibly, maybe, possibly a part of the AW roster, no. <laughs> I, I, I do not advocate for it at all. Uh, no. This will end up the same way the WWE tag team titles are right now. They would be absolutely irrelevant. Nobody yeah. wants women's tag team championships. You got a TBS championship, which is fine, and you got yeah. a, t- a, women's, a women's championship held by Thunder Rosa. That is all you need. Tag team yeah. wrestling is dead when it comes to females and in the women's division. Nobody needs it. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry, guys. I mean, I I feel the same way, but I do think that that's what they're doing. They seem to be pairing up here and there. I I mean, I'm looking all around the different platforms and I'm seeing women tag up together. I, I and that that survey made me think that they're 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 starting to try to form a, a tag division for the women. Yeah, yeah probably I, I, and probably because and this is probably why. Because Jade's never losing that title like ever in life, and the other, the only other title Pete that they have to vie for is uh, Thunder Rosa's title, and all the women can't go for that. I think he's, I think that they're thinking that they have something else for the rest of the women to vie for. That's what I think they're thinking. Well, that's the same thing that WWE was thinking, 
That's why Sasha Banks and, and Bayley pushed for the women's tag team titles on WWE. And, and what happened with those titles? Renee Paquette said they were important for 30 seconds, and then they were irrelevant. Yeah, they just they failed to keep them important. I mean, if someone would have kept the, the narrative going of them being important and booking them strongly and everything else, they would have been a success. See, they didn't the, give a the, shit these, about those these, titles. These surveys, man, these surveys are a waste of fucking time. I mean, people answer these surveys, and they want, they want, they want. And then when they get what they want, nobody gives a shit when we get it. That's exactly yeah. what happened with the women's tag team titles. Everybody wanted the titles for whatever reason. I was the only one who was vocal about not wanting them because I told you exactly what was going to happen and what exactly happened, exactly what I said. Now where are the people that have uh, all this opinion about wanting tag team titles? I don't hear you now after the titles have, have been fucking devalued into nothing because yeah. of what John Laurinaitis did and, and, and Vince McMahon and, and all these people in WWE did to them. Where are you now? Where's but your complaints the- now? At the end of at the end of that conversation, do you know what the demise of the WWE Women's Tag Team Titles are going to be? They're going to say it's all because of Sasha and Naomi. Okay, and and I'll continue to report on my end that it's continuing yeah. to be a smear campaign against Sasha yep. Banks. They're going to blame them for the eventual demise of those titles. Yeah, it's all Sasha and Naomi's fault. The tag team titles are fucking garbage, right? It's all their fault. God almighty, man. Holy shit. Bruce Pritchard, man. Always outdoing himself every week, man. Can't wait for that to be uh, to be reported because I do believe that will will happen and that's what will be said. Anyway, this is a, uh, a big deal. I, I think Tony Khan uh, bringing in Ember Moon is uh, exactly what is needed to beef up this division. I think she's going to be great. Uh, Chris Statlander is uh, becoming one of the more popular female. Has been popular, but with this new gimmick becoming even more popular, which is great for her because she worked on it. It was her decision as she said, and uh, I do think that she takes that title from Jade Cargill. I do think that's the right decision, and I think Chris Statlander ends up being the TBS champion. Yeah, we'll see. I don't, I don't think they... I don't... They, I, not, that I, not that I don't think. I know. I know they don't have the, uh, the marketing faith in Chris Statlander that they have in Jade Cargill, so I'd be surprised if they take that title off of Jade anytime Well, someone's going to need to take that title off Thunder Rosa. Who do you think that is? Oh, that's, well, yeah, well... Oh, yeah, that that's Thunder Rosa's fuck, dude. Well, I mean, I she, don't, has competition. I don't think... she has competition herself. She's got Tony. She's got uh, Ruby, uh, Britt again, maybe. There's, there's women there for Thunder Rosa, but... I mean, I don't, I, just... Unfortunately, I don't feel that management in AEW has as much faith in Thunder Rosa as we, the fans, do. Well, I don't know how I don't know how you can think that after tonight. I don't like it, man. I, I just, after I gotta, tonight, she I may have had the match of the night, bro. She, they had a phenomenal match. They had the best match of the night, but I don't think that. Well, we'll get into it later, man, because we're trying to move this show along. Yes. But I don't, I don't think management has the faith in Thunder Rosa that, that we the fans do. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, something is off for sure. Something is not, yeah. uh, not, not feeling right there. But yes, you are correct. Uh, moving on here, man. We got uh, the House of Black versus the Death Triangle. This is Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King versus the Lucha Brothers. Penta and Phoenix with Pac. Uh, I have no notes for this match because uh, I sat there and I and I enjoyed it. And there's no reason for me to take notes on what is uh, an absolute fucking demolition derby. Uh, all we will talk about is how I fiend for Buddy Matthews and Penta or Buddy Matthews and Ray Phoenix or Buddy Matthews and Pac in the ring, bro. Singles matches. If we don't get one of these fucking singles matches uh, in the near future, man, I don't know what the fuck Tony Khan is doing. I mean, yeah. the, the level of talent on these two teams is insane. And then I see people watching this match. This match was one of the best matches, and I was one of the highlights of the show for me. And you could see the talent involved. I, I've seen some people on social media claiming to, to their audiences, why is this match important? Why is this match needed? 
and and uh, and I go and say, well, this is a appetizer. You you are being served right now an appetizer for what you're going to get for the trios championships when they come into existence on AEW television. And one of these two teams may very well be the first ever uh, AEW uh, trios champions. Jesse, this was exactly that. This was a taste of what is to come. And we've been seeing these little appetizers spread across Dynamite. But this was the main course here, man. This is exactly what you're going to get with those trio championships. And the House of Black could be the first champions. And they ended up getting the victory. And we will talk about how. But what did you think of this match? And was this a highlight for you as it was for me? Yeah, I I loved everything about the match, man. Um, I think it was everything we expected when we saw it on paper and everything else. Um, and yeah, man, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't just, I can't point out anything about it individually, but overall I had like zero, zero complaints about this match at all, man. I, I think they all nailed it. Uh, I think we're going to see it again. And yeah, I think House of Black will be the first trios champion. I could see that myself. So we're going to fast forward because there is just wait. I, I'm never going to do it justice. Jer- Jesse is never going to do it justice. I mean, you got, you're going to have to go back and watch it. So we'll pick it up uh, towards the end of this match. So uh, we're, we're back in the ring after uh, some nonsense on the outside. Uh, House of Black crushed Phoenix with a Dante's Inferno, their finishing move. But Death Triangle broke up the pin. Death Triangle came back and hit thrust kicks on everybody. Pack hit a sheer drop brain buster on Black, which looked fucking devastating. Uh, Buddy Matthews broke up that pin. Penta stepped off of his brother and hit a destroyer on the apron, and then which was fucking crazy. And then the Lucha Brothers hit a foot stomp DDT combo on King on the floor, but Phoenix completely missed the fucking move, but Penta delivered the DDT anyway. It was just him in the air, flying through the air for the Las Vegas crowd. So Black was alone in the ring against all three members of the Death Triangle. And three thrust kicks delivered to Black. Lucha Brothers wanted a footstop pile driver combo, but Black countered and hit the Black Mass on Phoenix. Pack cut Black off and set up for the Black Arrow, but Matthews stopped him. Pack recovered and hit a springboard 450 splash over Matthews onto Black. Pack then took care of Buddy Matthews, crushed Black with a German snap suplex, and Alex Abrahantes, for some fucking reason, got on the apron and distracted the official very obnoxiously. And he was up there for a little bit. Pac uh, basically ignored him while he was doing what he had to do in the ring. He eventually jumped down off the apron, did uh, Abrahantes, and Pac kicked Black low below the belt. Pac then went up for the Black Arrow, and Jesse, the lights go out, and all of a sudden, I'm like, yes, we're going to see it. We're going to see it. And there she is, man. Julia Hart, dressed in pigtails with the eye... And the blackness of the eye without the eye patch, spitting black mist into Pac's face once again. She got uh, Pac in the face and so did Black. So this is now twice he got misted in the face. Black hit the black mass on Pac for the win after Julia Hart uh, gets the interference and the distraction with the black mist, man. Julia Hart is now officially in the House of Black. And I loved every bit of this, man. I'm finally glad they paid it off. She looked great in the role, and she was mega over when she came out there with the fucking face paint on, man. I think she looks great. Yeah, yeah, she did. Um, called this one on the Twitter spaces. I kind of felt it coming. I, I kind of felt I kind of felt like if they weren't going to do it tonight, then it's just, it's just not getting done. Yeah. It's just not getting done. And if they do do it after tonight, I don't even fucking care anymore. They drug it out too long. Yeah. So this was, this was perfectly fine. Um, they 
they went on ahead, did her turn. You know, let's see how you know how she's used. Um, the House of Black um, is full of in-ring fucking generals, dude. Fucking horsemen, and and they don't need Julia Hart to cheat and help them win. She just needs to help. She just needs to help bring them a little bit more personality and character and a little bit of an X factor from time to time. And I think she can do that. So I, it should be a nice fit. I like it. You know, you know what Julia Hart is, bro? Was that Julia Hart is a product uh, and it took a little bit to get there and it was a little bit long winded and it should have been paid off a little bit sooner. But Julia Hart at the end of the day is the product of long term booking. Yes. Long term booking for Julia Hart. Look at that. Yes, yes, yes. They had an idea. They planted the seed for it. Um, they maybe have possibly, you know, pushed back the payoff a little bit and said, ah, oh, you know, I'll just hold it for the pay-per-view. Um, which is fine. Which is fine. I made it made it a bigger moment, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, and, and just, my, my question is now, man, does Lee Johnson have to sleep with one eye open? Uh, well <laughs> <laughs> Julie had to sleep with one eye for for months, so Oh I don't man. know. Man. Lee Johnson's gonna be walking around with fucking eyes behind the back of his head, man. Looking over his shoulder, like, what the fuck's going on? I know, right? I'm still trying to find out. I'm still trying to find out if um, if Julia is signed now. Remember I told you a while back I reached out yep. um, and found out that she was not signed. And I'm wondering now that they went on, they went on ahead and greenlit her um, her big story. I wonder if she's a full-time employee yet. I'm I'm trying to find out. I'll let you know when I do. Yeah, I mean, I would I would assume I would assume she's there for 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 a long for not a long time. We don't know what a long time is, but I, I'm I'm assuming she's there for the the uh, extent. Yeah, you know, oh, she's yeah. there for she's going to be there for a little bit. So, um, I, I thought this was great. Uh, I thought Julia Hart being added to the House of Black is a is a great fit. Uh, I love the storyline progression, even though it took a little bit to get there. Uh, patience mm-hmm. is key when you watch uh, long term booking happen right before your very eyes. And I've seen a couple of people already claiming that this is AEW copying, copying uh, WWE with uh, Julia Hart and Alexa Bliss. But the thing is, for these fucking e-drones out there, uh, Julia Hart's not going to be doing fucking magic and throwing fireballs at people and having rafters come down, falling on top of Randy Orton in an empty gymnasium. Uh, none of that's going to happen, and Tony Khan would never allow that to happen. So, no, this is not the same thing. I've I- I never seen people so bent out of shape with a blonde... Very attractive woman in Julia Hart wearing pigtails, man. It's almost as if nobody wears pigtails nowadays. You right? saw, oh my god, she's copying Alexa Bliss. You saw Alexa Bliss. I saw people um saying that that AEW was copying um Judgment Day when they put Rhea Ripley in a male group. Yeah, because Rhea Ripley and uh Julia Hart look very similar, right? Well, my comeback to that was they planted the seeds for Julia Hart joining the House of Black long before Rhea Ripley joined Judgment Day. You know, you know what they planted the seeds for Rhea Ripley? They planted the seeds for burial when they called her up. Uh, yeah, that was the only seeds that were planted for Rhea Ripley. No, uh, Rhea Ripley was a. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to know when Edge pitched Rhea Ripley for Judgment Day, but uh, it was definitely within the last month. It was not. It was not a product of long term booking. I'll no. tell you that. Uh, no, they they start they started planning Julia Hart joining House of Black about four or five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, they've been dragging this shit out. Malachi Black was still on SmackDown when they were playing uh, fucking right. Julia Hart. <laughs> Pretty Black. much. <laughs> shit. Fucking Rhea Ripley was an NXT. This was uh, an excellent match. Uh, if you guys ordered the pay-per-view, obviously you saw it. Easily the best. One of the best things about tonight's show was this six-man tag. So kudos to all six guys. Just fantastic performers. I love every bit of them. 
Uh, and Julia Hart is in the House of Black. I can't wait to see what uh, the story does there and how that progresses for Julia Hart. Very excited to see what the next step is for her in her career. Adam Cole, baby. And Samoa Joe, this is the Owen Hart Cup final. Uh, this was uh, very entertaining to say the least. As always, I got a little uh, flashback of black and gold here with Adam Cole in the ring with Samoa Joe. Uh, Jesse, this was the first time these two were in the ring together. I find that very hard to believe. That is amazing. Unbelievable, man. It, with all their ring of honor pedigree, man, and then back in NXT, not one time they've been in the fucking ring together. Where was where was Adam Cole last time Joe was in ROH? Was he there? I have no clue. I don't know. I have no clue. I thought that was very odd. It's quite the statistic, man. It's uh, something that made me scratch my head. I'm like, really? That's 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 a little different. Uh, I'm kind of happy that I'm I'm happy that we got it. You know, at a pay per view on a level that's big too. So yeah, yeah, goes to show you that uh, Tony Khan's bringing these guys in. He's putting them in high level situations, which you want to see, man, because that's the type of talent that he's bringing in here with Joe and Adam Cole. So, Uh, so wait, so so getting a first time matchup like that that could tear the house down. You're saying it's better to do it at a pay-per-view instead of doing like, I don't know, I don't know, Oscar and Bianca Belair, just for, you know, a random comparison. You know, you wouldn't do it just on a regular fucking TV no, man, show. What, what, are you, what are you talking about, man? I'd absolutely give Adam Cole and Samoa Joe three minutes on uh, Wednesday night on Dynamite, man. I'd have what, about what, two what, commercial breaks in there. I wouldn't have the entrances happen until about 9.55. What are you hey, talking about? With a, a four-minute build, right? Yeah, with a four-minute build. First time <laughs> ever, bro. You, you know, it's exactly what I do. I think Tony Khan's got it all wrong. Yeah, he done a little bit differently on this first time ever matchup. You know, the, the funny thing is with this match, I thought it was fine for what it was, Jesse. But honestly, uh, it really I don't know what it was. Um, they wrestled great. It's fine. I mean, I love Joe and I love Cole, but it, it almost felt like a TV match to me. I don't know if you felt that same way. Um, Maybe it was the length that they got. They only got about 12, 11, 12 minutes. It felt like a TV match. It felt like a dynamite match to me. If it didn't feel like it, it felt like a real tournament match, meaning that there wasn't like a, a shit ton of build for it because the build was the tournament. Yes, you know, and, and tournaments, the match, the matches tell the story. Yeah, and they definitely told a goddamn story in this match. So um, you got to go into tournament. Why am I fucking? Am I telling you? You got to go into tournaments with a different mindset than other wrestling matches. The tournament, the overall, the overall development of the tournament is the story. Yes, and you know, I and, uh, and I do love my tournaments. Right. And so, and that's what they did. They told their story in the ring from a you know short one week build because that's how tournaments work. And um, I like it. I mean, that's why. I mean. That I, I'm with you in the sense of it felt a little bit different, but that's why to me it was okay because it was a short build and they had to get to the point and get to some action and tell some story right away. I think they knocked it out. I liked it. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, I had no complaints about it, but uh, but that little minor criticism felt like a TV match to me. But um, I thought both guys went in there and, and did a very good job. Joe Joe came out. He did not come out with the Ring of Honor TV title. I found that to be a little weird. He didn't come out with the TV title. Uh, Adam Cole wore pink tights to go along with the Owen Hart theme for tonight's <laughs> finals. Um, uh, we might as well mention it now. Britt Baker did the same thing. I think they kind of gave away the outcome with him wearing the fucking Dude. pink tights tonight and then I her wearing the pink outfit. Yeah, I'm like, I Jesus did. fucking Christ, can you get any more blatant with us? Holy shit. Knew it then for sure. For sure. I mean, right away, I already had the assumption that it was going to be, you know, what the fuck, what are you going to do? Have like Ruby Soul up there instead of next to Adam Cole. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? 
I may have been the only fucking fool pulling for that one, man. Yeah. Look at how awkward at each other. I mean, be just beat up his damn girlfriend. She, I mean, no, man. They were both, they were going to win that shit. And when Brick came out in that pink, I was like, oh, that done. Done. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was uh, it was a uh, game set and match when uh, when Britt Baker yeah. came out wearing the black and the pink. So uh, we got Samoa Joe not coming out with the TV title. We got Adam Cole wearing pink for Owen Hart and the Hart family. And Mike Chioda, yeah. senior official, former senior official of WWE refereeing this match. Man, what a nice touch that was. So kudos to Tony Khan for that one, man. I love that. Mike yeah. Chioda's so good, man. I don't know how he got fired. What do you mean? You know how he got fired? Shane got fired. What the fuck? Oh, he's you- old. I mean, uh, Mike Chioda got old. That's why he got fired. But I mean, he's such a great referee, man. He's Nobody's somebody safe. that gets down to business, man. He's serious. Stephanie got fired. What the fuck? Are you Mike Chioda gonna do? I know, really. But uh, Mike Chioda was the senior official for WWE. He refereed this match, so that was a nice touch there with his uh, many, many, many years of WWE. So we got a wrist lock to start. Loud Owen chance by the crowd in Las Vegas. Adam Cole wanted a. Uh, he went for an LOL moment here. He went for a Greco-Roman knuckle lock, and Joe laughed him off, and then Adam Cole uh, gave him the Greco-Roman knuckle lock, and Joe entertained it, and obviously he wanted to cheat and gain advantage here by doing nefarious shit. So uh, he baited him in, and Joe took advantage. Uh, huge chop, Irish whip, big elbow, Inzaguri by Joe working a very methodical pace here. Adam Cole tried to fight back, but Joe took him out with some vicious elbows. Jesse, the star of this match was the steel post. Because Joe went into the steel post early on, and the story of the match was Samoa Joe's shoulder, and Adam Cole was really going after that shoulder. So they were on the outside. Joe was hammering Cole with some chops. He charged at Cole, ate a super kick. He goes into the steel post. This was the story of the match as Cole continued to target the shoulder throughout the 10 or 11 minutes this match happened. Cole went for Panama Sunrise after a couple of minutes of him in control, and Joe caught him and drove his knees into the mat. Cole rolled to the outside and once again targeted the shoulder. Joe separated himself from Cole for a little bit with an STO out of the corner, Uranagi out of the corner. Joe with the atomic drop, big boot, senton, goes for cover, gets a two count. Joe with the snap power slam for another two. Joe is still selling the shoulder at this point. Cole with an inziguri runs the ropes. Joe delivered an absolutely devastating clothesline that turned Adam Cole inside out. Joe is now setting up for the muscle buster, muscle buster as he got Adam Cole on the top rope. And he runs at Joe with a high knee, and he kicks because he came off the top rope. He ran at Joe, high knee, connected with the high knee. He followed with the cover for a two-count. Cole with a backstabber on Joe for another cover. Cole then went into a crossface, not something that we usually see out of Adam Cole. Cole was then uh, transitioning out of the move. He, he went for a super kick, and he blew Joe a kiss, mocking him. Joe caught him in a powerbomb with a stack for a close two-count. Joe with an STF submission. Cole eventually got to the ropes. All of a sudden, Bobby Fish came down because he was the only member of the Undisputed Elite uh, who did not have a match tonight, so he was free. His evening was free. Bobby Fish came down to interfere. This was enough for Cole to try for a lower the boom. Joe ducked. Sleeper hold by Joe. Super kick by Cole because he got out of the sleeper hold. Another super kick, and then he lowered the boom on Samoa Joe. And Jesse, uh, clean as clean could be, man. Mr. Clean. Samoa Joe could be on the bottle of fucking Mr. Clean and aisle seven at Stop and Shop, man. One, two, three, and Adam Cole wins. Very clean over Samoa Joe as he is now the winner of the Owen Hart Cup. When Joe came out without that ROH title, I knew he was fucking losing. They didn't want to yeah, I could title. see that. Yeah, I could see that. Getting beat. Um, 
You got. Well, it was on his name graphic. That was on his name. It was on his nameplate. Ring of Honor TV uh, champion and okay. uh, beat Kyle say. O'Reilly in the semifinal. I was gonna say you got to protect your champions, man. Yeah. And here's a an observation or a complaint. Why have Bobby Fish come out? and interfere in the match if he's not going to factor at all into the decision? At uh, all. Well, Bobby Fish, I guess, kind of the, the, the was uh, involved in the decision. No, he we won clean. You just told me. Squeaky clean, bro. He won clean. Well, I mean, it, it did feel that way, but uh, Bobby Fish did interfere. I, I said it the same to you. Like, he won clean. It was a clean. He came out and they recovered from that. Bobby Fish didn't play off. He wasn't a factor in the uh, end. I guess, I guess he tried. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, it was, it was, it was more on the clean side for sure than uh, more, uh, yeah. more of a fuck finish, yes. Look, I'm not complaining about the interference. All I'm saying is that if you're going to interfere, you're going to come out, let it be meaningful in a part of the story and factor into the ending. If that's not going to happen, just leave it as a clean match. Yeah. Because right now, Joe lost clean, unprotected, and there was interference. So, so the interference didn't have to be. Yeah, I uh, I absolutely agree. I, I, I don't think that uh, these types of situations need to present themselves all that often. I do think that they should have left Bobby Fish out, and Adam Cole should have won uh, absolutely 100% clean uh, in this yeah. moment. Uh, it also goes to show you where uh, Samoa Joe is going to be a big deal. Samoa Joe is going to be yeah. a big deal, and, and AEW is going to be a, a face of Ring of Honor. He's the TV champion over there. Uh, hopefully they start building some names around him. But it shows you where the hierarchy of AEW is, Jesse. Adam Cole is definitely on the high list of priorities for Tony Khan. Oh, God, yeah. It, it's like when Britt Baker won um, her match last week, you know, when Jamie Hayter came out. And we were like, well, she didn't even do shit. Well, later found out that Jamie Hayter was out of fucking position and she was supposed to be there to help factor into the ending. Yeah. That's why she came out and did nothing. She was out of place. That's why Britt Baker went and grabbed for the ropes because Jamie wasn't there in time. Yeah. So, but now it made sense. But this one, no, it wasn't meant to be a she wasn't a, a, a fish was not meant to be a part of the ending. So I'm not sure why he even came out there. So Adam Cole is the men's Owen Cup winner uh, this year. Uh, it will be an annual thing, as uh, as told by Tony Khan, and we, we will be seeing this next May as well, going into Double or Nothing 2023. And uh, we go into the women's Owen Cup final uh, right after this. And we get Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. This was awesome, Jesse. We got Britt Baker being played to the ring by Rich Ward, who is the guitarist for Fozzie, who was the ex-guitarist for one of my favorite bands growing up and going into high school, Stuck Mojo. Uh, Rich Ward is a fantastic guitar player. He, he, he did look a little out of place. Uh, I was wondering why he was there and not uh, somebody else. Uh, I don't know if Rich Ward actually wrote and performed Britt Baker's theme music, but he was there regardless. And he played her to the ring, and he was jumping all around, and he sounded uh, he sounded great on guitar. And he looked excited. And then Jesse, we got Ruby Soho with Rancid, well Rancid playing her to the ring, and that was fucking awesome. And crowd loved that. So she got the bigger star treatment over Britt Baker tonight, Jesse. And Excalibur even said, and I quote, "It's not often Britt Baker is upstaged in AEW." Yeah, I found that line to be very telling, man. Yeah, because she's. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it again. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it again here, man. I'm not gonna. We get... said it on Wednesday, man. Britt Baker is uh, has been, and it's becoming a little bit more evident that Britt Baker is AEW's Charlotte Flair. It, it, it's getting to the point, guys. So please don't start throwing out. She's not like Charlotte because this blah blah blah. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! She's she's getting there. Okay, I know what we're dealing with. I know the differences in the two. They're not exactly the same, but trust me when I tell you. 
unfortunately, it's getting there. Okay. It is getting there. It is getting there. Ransom, uh, Ransom played uh, Ruby to the ring, and uh, Fozzie, uh, 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 Rich Ward played uh, Britt Baker to the ring. So we got uh, some nice entrances here. So they're really upping the ante for uh, the Women's Cup. And the first 10 minutes of this, Jesse, uh, it really, I, I don't know what it is, man. And I, again, I don't want to shit on Britt Baker, but I would not be doing my job if I, I wasn't honest with you guys. And some people in the community take my honesty to be, uh, you know, negative or it doesn't fit their narrative or God insulting. forbid a fucking re- insulting or God forbid Britt is listening to this and she thinks I'm a fucking asshole or somebody blocks me on social media because they didn't like what I had to say. I'm sorry. I just care too much, okay? I don't know what it is, Jesse. I don't know if you felt the same way, but to me, and you could go back and you guys can document this, Jesse and I have praised Britt Baker for getting better. She was very, while she was champion, she had a couple of great matches in there. She was really on top of her game. I feel like she's getting worse, Jesse. I feel like she's going backwards, and I don't know if it's just me, but I don't know what it is, man. It almost feels like she doesn't want to wrestle or doesn't have to wrestle, and it doesn't really come off as if she wants to be there half the time. Well, when when Britt when Brit Baker started off, um, she was just god awful in the ring, and I pointed that out. But when she started getting better, I pointed that out. And when she was at her peak, and then she was champion, I pointed that out because she she was doing great. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, "Oh, I agree with you," just because you're saying it. I don't see a decline in her in ring work. I think her in-ring work is a, a reflective of who she's in the ring with, yes. if that makes any sense at all. Um, I think she's becoming more like Charlotte and to no fault of her own right now. I just think it's the booking. She's being booked just way too strong. She's not champion, and it feels like this tournament was made for her. I mean, it's just because they had to put some kind of title around her. Okay, well, well she's not women's champion, so let's, you know, do this tournament. And who's going to win? Oh, shit. We know a winner for the women already. Britt Baker doesn't have a fucking title. As a matter of fact, let's make titles for the Owen Hart winner so we can give it to Britt Baker. You know, it, it just feels like she's being pushed a little bit too much. It feels like her her women's title run got way more fanfare and attention than our current women's champion, which I don't think is fair or right at all. No, it's really not. Um, Britt Baker was given all kinds of time to shine and everything else. She was at, you know, ribbon cutting ceremonies and fucking local, you know, NBA games with TK and doing all this other stuff. I mean, she was just everywhere. She was the face of the women. And Britt Baker, uh, uh, Thunder Rosa's um, run is still going. It's still fresh. It's still early. But at the same time, I mean, just by this view, the build to this view, it just looks like she's not given the same importance as their precious Britt Baker. Uh, uh, listen, I, I agree with you on what you said there. I, I want to add to that. Um, I, I don't think Britt is bad in the ring. She's serviceable. I don't think she's great. I, I think she's uh, she's passable. She's serviceable, whichever word you want to use there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, do feel, I do feel like her offense is, is fluff. I, I, I don't think she's impactful enough. Like, if you watch yeah. Britt Baker wrestle, if you watch Britt Baker execute moves like she did tonight and then go watch Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa, it is two completely different fucking matches. Yeah. Two completely different matches. She doesn't so wrestle guess, like that, and yeah. I, I guess she doesn't She doesn't need to because of how her star power is in AEW and where she ranks as far as uh, priority in AEW, but, I mean, every single fucking time, and I just don't feel that impact coming from a Britt Baker match. And, and I felt like th- I felt that way when she was champion early on in her run. Now that she's not champion, I, I feel like it's just getting worse. I don't know yeah. what it is. 
Again, like I said, I think it's also who she's in the ring with. Because when she was in the ring with Thunder Rosa, you know, Thunder Rosa's offense is a little bit different from um, Britt Baker's last few opponents. And no, what, 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 what do you mean by who she's in the ring with? She's in the ring with Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho on Friday had a fantastic fucking match against Chris Statlander, probably the best match in the entire tournament. Statlander and Ruby Soho actually had a better match than Ruby Soho and Britt Baker did tonight. It's it's not about the level of her opponent. It's about the chemistry with her opponent. I think she had fantastic chemistry with Thunder Rosa, and she just did not have great chemistry with Ruby Soho. Um, I, I, I think I, I think Britt Baker is more of a right now at least like a catch as catch can type wrestler. I mean, she's gonna she's gonna go with the style of the person she's in the ring with, and Ruby Soho and Thunder Rosa does not have the same kind of styles. So you're gonna get two different kinds of matches from Britt Baker. That's kind of what I observe from Britt. And that's, that's why I don't think there's a drop in quality for matches. I think she just goes with the flow of who she's in the ring with. And this was not a good compatibility with her and Ruby Soho. I just don't think it was yeah. a good match. No, I could, I, could, I could see that. And again, I don't yeah. want to take anything away from Britt. Her character work and, and her confidence and, and the attitude that she exudes is on a different fucking level from even everybody in WWE. I, you know, I, I look at Britt and I actually prefer her over Charlotte. Britt Baker, to me, I would yeah. take Britt Baker... 10 times out of 10, and twice on Sunday, man, with uh, Britt and, and Becky Lynch, I take Britt every fucking time, man. You don't even have to ask me twice. Dude, I'd, I'd take Britt Baker over just about anybody in WWE right now, not named EO. Yeah. I mean, since Sasha's not there right now, and neither is Naomi, <laughs> I, would, I would take just about, I will take Britt Baker just about over anyone. I'm trying to think real quickly over the roster. I can't think of anybody I'd rather have over Britt Baker right now. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Uh, the match itself, I mean, it was serviceable. It was fine. Uh, I, I do think, my personal opinion, I do think Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander was the best match in the tournament. I do think that that match was more of a final than what we got tonight with Britt and Ruby. Uh, the target of the match was uh, Soho's uh, ribcage, her midsection. So yeah. she went into the steel post. She got those ribs injured in the match. That was the target for Britt Baker, wrapping her around the ring post, taunting her. She locked in... Uh, a octopus hold, and then when Soho powered out, Baker downed her with a forearm. Uh, they fought on the top rope at one point where Soho got the upper hand and hit a superplex. They traded forearms in the center of the ring, leading to a double down, and they both teased some moves back and forth until Soho hit a back suplex. She climbed the ropes and landed a senton for two, which looked very nice by Ruby. Once again, they were in position on the top rope, jockeying for position. Baker dumped her down and hit the curb stomp for a very close near fall. She put the glove on. She went for the lockjaw. Soho rolled out of it. She blocked it. Baker caught Soho and went for it again. After a little bit of struggle, Soho transitioned into a pinning combination for a near fall. She hit the no future and then locked in what may have been the sloppiest sharpshooter I think I've seen in many, many, many months, Jesse. <laughs> she locked in uh, what looked to be a sharpshooter, but... Uh, she had one knee on the mat and did not get in a proper position to do the sharpshooter. I get what she was trying to do, but she ended up botching the move, and it did not look good at all. I do think there was some bo booze thrown about in the Las Vegas crowd there after they seen that botched sharpshooter. After a long fight with the sharpshooter, Baker finally got to the ropes to break the hold. Soho landed a victory roll off the ropes. Baker turned it around into a cradle, and that was it, Jesse. Britt Baker gets the victory here over Ruby Soho. And we have a king and queen couple legitimately with Adam Cole and Britt Baker legitimately being uh, boyfriend and girlfriend in real life. They are the winners of the men and women's Owen Cup final. 
And they were presented at the end by Dr. Martha Hart. She came out and gave this long-winded speech. It was a great moment. People were crying in the crowd. Britt Baker and Adam Cole were standing there very respectfully with their hands across their uh, their midsections, and they were standing very, uh, very nice there. Trophy was uh, presented. We got the two title belts, one for the men, one for the women. The women was uh, in a pink strap, and the men was, uh, I believe, a black strap. And they were presented with the belts and the trophy, and they hugged Martha Hart. Tony Khan actually ushered out Martha Hart and uh, gave her a big hug, a couple of big hugs, actually, and a big kiss on the cheek. And uh, that was it, man. Very nice ceremony. Uh, I'm glad that the tournament is a thing on AEW television. I, I love tournaments. I thought this was a great tournament from start to finish. But, man, oh, man, I'll tell you what, man. You know, I, I get that they went with Britt. I get it. I get the visual. I, I get what Adam Cole and Britt Baker mean to AEW. But I think this is a fucking fumble, man, of creativity. Uh, th- this was Ruby Soho's uh, tournament to take, man. I don't know what you think. I know you're probably going to give me a reason why Britt and Adam Cole should have won it. But the pre-show, the buy-in, man, the, the promo that Ruby Soho cut in the, in the couple weeks that Ruby Soho cut, cut promos, it, it fit right into the narrative of her, of her winning this tournament. She should have won it. Britt did not yeah. need this tournament, man. Ruby needed this tournament. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I definitely don't think that they should have won either one of them. Um, I think the tournament would have been a great catalyst. Uh, first off, before I get off track, I did forget Bianca Belair. I would take Bianca over Britt Baker. Yes, me too. But bear with me, guys. I'm, I'm fucking half out of it, all right? Fuck off. So <laughs> I would definitely take Britt Baker um, and Io Shirai. Oh, I'm sorry, Bianca Belair and Io Shirai over Britt Baker, but that's about it. Um, and it was awesome seeing Martha Hart out there, man. And if you know the history of Martha and how she swore off wrestling and was pissed off at WWE, um, I'm I'm really happy to see that AEW came along and restored her faith in pro wrestling and allowed us to uh, pay homage to to Owen. I think that's fucking awesome and very underrated if you don't if you don't know about that, man. Yeah. Cause she was very pissed and understandably so. Understandably so. She wanted nothing to do with pro wrestling. And Tony Khan re, you know, rejuvenated her faith in the pro wrestling fans. She they gave they they gave Martha a platform for the fans to honor her husband because WWE wanted to do it in the Hall of Fame and she said, fuck off. You know, but we can do that here, and I think that's underappreciated. So shout out to Martha, man. Um, uh, speaking of not getting off course, what was I, what was I originally talking about here? Oh, I don't know. I'm, re- <laughs> I'm reading. The, I forgot, honestly. Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you there, but I'm reading the chat, and people in the post show scrum um, are act uh, are asking Tony Khan questions, and Tony Khan, according to the chat, is refusing to answer any questions on MJF. There you go. Which kind of is uh, a, a little suspect in itself, but because he's very upfront and honest with everything. Yes, normally. Yes. So, so uh, just take that for what it's worth. If, if Tony Khan doesn't want to talk about it, Tony Khan's not going to talk about it. Respect him there. He he allowed you to be there, so you respect him in his home. So, that, yeah. that's oh, I, re- I remember. I remember now. Um, yeah, um, Cole and Britt Baker didn't need to win. The tournament should have been built around um, creating a bigger star than what you have. And Adam Cole and Britt Baker are two of the top people in the entire company that definitely did not need this spot. No. At all. Um, Tony Storm would have been acceptable. Um, But I don't think Tony Storm should have won, nor Ruby Soho. I think this tournament should have been for Chris Statlander, one of the day one originals who's been waiting for her fucking turn. Yeah. 
I mean, she's been patiently waiting for her turn. She's improved herself. She's over. She gets, you know, she gets it done in the ring. She's not just mediocre. She's really good in the fucking ring. Well, what, well, what about Ruby, bro? I mean, Ruby seemingly has gotten fucking her legs cut out from underneath her every opportunity. Ruby, when is she going to get what she deserves? Ruby should not have won this match, and it's AEW's fault because they booked her into oblivion on dark for most of the damn time. You can't bring her out. They do it like they do it like um, Nyla Rose. You know, she she's on dark most of the time, and then when you want a spot for her, you put her on TV and want to convince us that she's a contender. Yeah. You have to book her strong throughout and then put her in this spot and then make us say, oh, Ruby could win this one. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got to keep her strong and then book her accordingly. So I didn't expect Ruby to win. I didn't care if she won because they failed to get me interested in Ruby. They keep putting her on dark where I have to watch her every other fucking week. Yep. I mean, so that, no, I would have went with Statlander. I think she fucking deserves it right about now. Um, I think they should continue booking Ruby Soho strong and give Ruby her fucking chance. Um, but I think the guys on the the, the the girls who's been there, you know, from day one, should be getting some time to shine. Unless you're just fluttering out and not very good. But that does not apply to Chris Statlander. There's no reason why she shouldn't be, you know, placed and kept towards the top of the women's division. So I would have given that tournament to Stat. Yeah, I right, listen, man. It's tough to argue with you. Uh, I, I mean, um, just just based on what we got, I, I think, and what we saw, and she was there. Uh, Ruby Soho should have won this, just based on everything we heard about her and her her story, and why she yeah. needed it. But uh, I agree with you, man. I'm I'm big on Statlander, just like you are, and uh, I think that uh, a tournament like that should be tailor made for somebody like that who has been there since day one. So yeah, and and Adam Cole, I mean. Get the fuck out of here, man. That guy's going to be world champion for a long I mean, fucking Cole, time. Adam Cole's one, one of the best pro wrestlers on the fucking face of the planet, <laughs> man. He does not need a fucking fuck Owen Hart cup. Out of here. He's gone, though. There's way too many people in that locker room that could have used this time to shine right here, man. Yeah. I mean, it just for, for you know, aesthetic reasons, it looks better to have Adam Cole and Britt Baker there in matching outfits, you know, hanging out with Dr. Dr. Hart and everything. Yeah, he got two doctors on the goddamn mm-hmm. stage. It's a great moment. But for tournament reasons, you know, I would have picked easily two different people. Number yeah. one, first and foremost, Chris Statlander. The guys, I could get into a discussion all day long about which guy should have won, but I think Statlander should have been first and foremost for the women. Well, we got next year to look forward to, man. Martha Hart said that uh, she's looking forward to next year's tournament, and uh, Tony Khan has already announced that it will be an annual thing moving forward, so I'm very excited about uh, this being a regular occurrence on AEW television every year. Uh, shout out to the chat, by the way. We are now number one in the community. Uh, I know other people are looking at uh, the big wigs in the community. We are number one in the community with 3,100 people live. Uh, some of the people streaming the media str- uh, scrum, we are blowing them away. So thank you nice. for making off the scripts uh, the number one show right now in the IWC, even over those that are already there in Vegas, still hanging out with TK live and in person. Man. So I appreciate you guys very much. Remember to hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,500 likes minimum get those super chats in and continue to get those memberships in man jesse and i appreciate you all at this late hour and shout out to chelsea with the 100 super chat i did not forget you chelsea 100 bomb at the start of the show we will read all the super chats at the end of the show second it's canadian it's canadian yes 78 thank you thank you thank you my money conversion uh con- hey, converter hey, the rule conversion. is 100 man Whatever, man. Who gives? I'm just, I'm just glad that she's in the fucking chat, man. At this hour, follow the rules. Anyway, 
Follow the rules. American Top Team, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and a debuting Paige Van Zantz. With Dan oh. Lambert defeated Sammy Guevara, Frankie Kazarian, and Tay Conti. Jesus Christ, Jesse. Um, this was... You know who Paige Van Zandt reminded me of? I mean, legit. Not even trying to, like, crack jokes. Dead serious. The way she was moving and looking. Ronda Rousey. No, 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 no. Um, I saw Dana Brooke, bro. Jesus Christ, man. I'm not... But by, the, by the way... No, you're really, you're really setting, that, you're really setting everybody yeah. up at this late hour for disappointment, man, by that fucking assessment. I saw Dana Brooke movements in her, man. She looked she looked Dana Brooke-ish. So what you're telling me before I even go into what happened here is that Paige Van Zant is very green and did not look good. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer, Paige Van Zant. Paige Van Zant, bro. Is she better than Ronda Rousey? No. Okay. Of course some, not. Some, some, some people were saying she was better than Ronda Rousey. I'm like, I don't like Ronda, but I don't know no. if I could say that with a straight face. Ronda, Ronda is the best. Does Paige uh, Van Zandt have a better promo than Ronda Rousey? Yes. Is she better in ring than Ronda Rousey? Ronda Rousey sucks in her own way, but no. Dude, Paige Van Zandt's promo is god-awful. Is, is she better than Ronda? Probably, but it's, it's god-awful. Uh, I mean, Ronda is going to be the absolute best female MMA conversion to pro wrestling probably for a long fucking time. Ronda? Yeah. Nah, man, I take Shayna. Nah, man, Ronda, Ronda's, Ronda's better than Shayna. Shayna's NXT run is better than both Ronda Rousey's runs combined. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on with this Ronda and why she's so fucking bad. I mean, she's just terrible right now. But year one Ronda was great to me, man. Listen, man, this match was very, speaking of Ronda and, and uh, that, that fucking sports entertainment garbage, man, this was very sports entertainment-esque, this match. This was, um, th- this was like you said, man, um, the worst Sammy Guevara match that I think I've ever seen. Uh, and Sammy's too good for this shit. Um, Paige Van Zandt uh, did not look good in there. She looked, uh, she did a couple of things all right, but obviously her footing was off, her timing was off. She looked green as shit in there. Uh, Ethan Page is too good for this shit. Scorpio Sky is way too good for this shit. Uh, Frankie Kazarian acting like a geek out there. I, I I did not enjoy this, man. I couldn't wait for this shit to be out. This was actually my bathroom break for the fucking show. This match. Yeah. I, I see people, like, arguing with me about the Shayna and Ronda thing. All right. At any given point in Shayna Baszler's career, did you see her main eventing a WrestleMania match? I mean, giving, I mean, just fantasy book the best booking that she could have gotten. Shayna Baszler's name value is not anywhere near the level of a Ronda to get yourself to a main event of WrestleMania. That's why I'm saying Ronda was better than Shayna. Year one Ronda. Ronda's fucking terrible right now, man. But when Ronda was hitting her groove, you know, the first run, um, uh, she blew everybody away. She was the she was the Roman of the women's division, dude. She she was handcuffing the whole division. She had it all locked down. Nobody can fucking touch her. They booked Shayna Baszler into oblivion. She's fucking with Nia Jack. She's with this. She's with Doedrop. She's with that. She's, she's fucking useless thanks to fucking creative. Oh man, you're talking about Ronda, man. I felt I felt a little drowsy. I closed my eyes for a little bit, man. Oh, you want me to close my eyes? I will. <laughs> No, I don't want you to close your eyes. We still got work to do here, man. Listen, this match, man, it, it should not have been on the uh, on the main card. Uh, this could have easily been saved for uh, 
for Los Angeles in uh, in about a couple of days, going into Wednesday's Dynamite. Um, did not like this match at all. Like I said, this was my bathroom break match. Guevara and Conti just healing it up, man. I- I'm glad that they're embracing their heel, their inner heel here. Uh, Tay came out dressed as Ma- Maleficent from uh, the Disney shit. And Sammy looked like he was uh, the, 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 the Dark Prince wearing a big fucking coat. Looked like a complete prick, which I, I think suits him very well. Um, they healed it up. I'm glad that they're embracing their heel, uh, their heel essence. So they were celebrating together. And Frankie Gazarian at one point wanted to tag. And he got so pissed off that he jumped down. He had enough of their antics. Shoving uh, each other here is uh, the team of Guevara, Kazarian, and Tay Conti. Uh, Sky escaped a move, and reached Paige Van Zant for the tag. She took d- down Conti, laid in some ground that pound before hitting some clotheslines. Then she hit a back handspring elbow, which, like Jesse said, looked like Dana Brooke. So that, I guess that's the Dana Brooke correlation. That's the part there. that made me think of Dana Brooke. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I have that here in my notes. Yes, thank you. Paige Van Zant wanted the TKO, but Guevara broke it up. Uh, Paige Van Zant landed a body shot and a tilt-a-whirl DDT, which the, t- the tilt-a-whirl DDT looked fucking great. So, like I said, she did some things right, but uh, her timing was a little off. She sent Conti face first into Guevara's jock strap right at the uh, end of this match, right into his fucking junk, and then uh, hit a Michinoku driver for two. Conti came back with a judo takedown, bicycle kick, and then back and forth exchange. Conti hit a knee uh, face buster. Guevara and Conti made it out of the ring and ended up surrounded by American top team. Kazarian opted to leave them high and dry. Guevara made a... uh, Solo comeback here against American Top Team. And that gave Kazarian a chance to kind of re-enter the fray. And he kind of played possum with everybody. He left his team, and then he came back to help his team. And he came back with a slingshot cutter for two. Guevara had enough. But he inadvertently hit Tay Conti, allowing Sky to go for the TKO and get the win. And Jesse, Sammy Guevara, and Frankie Kazarian can no longer challenge for the TNT Championship as the stipulation States by Scorpio Sky American Top Team. Did they book themselves into a corner once again? Nah, they're fine. They're fine. Why are they fine? They're fine. Look, I don't want to put you to sleep anymore. I don't want the chat to get bored with me talking about Rhonda. So they're fine. Go on. Move on. They're fine. They're fine. So we got Scorpio Sky, still the TNT champion, and uh, he actually cut a promo on the back, and uh, I think we talked about this on The Spaces today. I know, I know his name was brought up, whether it was by you or or uh, Hollywood Hangman that was in the chat. Shout out to him for uh, hanging out with us on the Twitter Spaces. Dante Martin, bro. Dante Martin versus Scorpio Sky. We could be looking at a uh, fine-looking TNT title match coming up soon. May happen on Wednesday. Uh, it should be pretty good. It should be a pretty good match. For sure. Scorpio's guy about to lose that title. Uh, probably not. Yes, folks, this was a uh, this was a bathroom break match for sure. Uh, very sports entertainment-esque. I'm glad that this feud is over. I hope this feud is over. And Sammy and Tay move on to uh, something a little bit more uh, interesting for at least both of them. Uh, they, they need it. They, they got to get away from this shit. And uh, American Top Team need, need to do something uh, else because I think people were just utterly bored with everything that was going on here. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly. And Darby Allen, they had a fun match. Don't know why this match needed to be on the show, but uh, this could have easily man-evented a Dynamite or a Rampage, and the crowd would have been fine, but we got this match here. It goes about 10 minutes, and uh, Kyle O'Reilly gets the victory over Darby Allen here, Jesse, in what I thought was a very hard-fought match. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly is a great professional wrestler. Darby Allen is fucking entertaining as all fuck, man. 
The thing with both of these guys is Kyle O'Reilly is a great wrestler, but it seemingly looks like when he's in there by himself, nobody gives a shit. And Darby Allen, man, I feel like he is so beloved. And like you perfectly said it today when we were watching the show together, man, via text, he is a lovable loser, you said. I absolutely agree with that. He, he is great, and the fans love him, but he's a lovable loser. And how many times can he take a fucking L before people start getting pissed off? Nah, I'm already there. He loses too much, man. I'm going to see who he's going to lose to next, you know? It's... Well, what would you do with Darby? I mean, what do you do? He's done, he's done everything but the world title. What, what do you want to do with him? Let's let's start by having him win some matches, and we can go from there. Well, who would you feud him with? <laughs> well, wasn't he feud? Wasn't he supposed to feud with Malachi? I know Malachi mentioned something about Darby, didn't he? Or maybe I'm fucking uh, hearing things. I don't know. I don't remember that at all. I'm not too sure about that one at all. I mean, but there's plenty of heels on the fucking roster to to, to feud him with. Just have him beat somebody, for God's sakes, man. I mean, just he just. Looks good and gets the crowd hype, has a great match and loses. It's, it's, a re, it's a rinse and repeat formula at this point, man. Yeah, and Kyle O'Reilly, man, he's such a good pro wrestler, but this is the same thing that he struggled with in NXT when he was solo. Nobody gives a shit. He, he just, there's just something about him that doesn't really resonate with the fans. He, he's great in a team setting, but when he's by himself, it just doesn't click. So uh, we'll speed it up here. Uh, Allen landed a knee. Uh, a knee strike sent O'Reilly out to the floor. He tried to follow it up with one of his uh, ridiculous topes. And he actually caught his foot on the bottom rope on one tope, and he landed viciously on the outside. He messed it up, somehow came up short. Allen was bleeding from the mouth, I guess, off this tope. He went for the tope again, but on the opposite side of the ring. But O'Reilly caught him and turned it into a guillotine on the floor. So they re-entered the ring. Allen hit a top rope Frankenstein and locked on the last supper pinning combination for a near fall. O'Reilly came back with a stiff shot and a vertical brain buster for two. He went for the cross arm breaker, but he could not break the grip. So instead, he opted for an ankle lock. Allen transitioned and turned it into a scorpion death lock. Allen hit a dragon screw over the ropes and landed a coffin drop as O'Reilly was caught. Back in the ring, Allen went for another coffin drop, but O'Reilly turned it into an arm bar. Allen cradled O'Reilly to force a break. They then uh, took each other out with some strikes, leading to a double down. O'Reilly choked Allen with his chain and then landed a soccer-style kick, but Allen kicked out at a one. He then hit the soccer kick again for two, a third soccer kick, followed by a diving knee drop off the top rope, and that is what Kyle O'Reilly did to get the victory. He beats Darby Allen, one, two, three. No more, no less. There's no story. It was just merely added to uh, be a filler so Tony Khan could pad the show so that the NBA playoffs would end and not interfere with anything that's happening on the second part of the show. Thunder Rosa. I'm sorry. Hold on on, on a second. So they got this fucking guy, R.C. Dotson, said, I told a joke a few weeks ago about Jesse never wanting anyone to lose. Add Darby Allen's name to the list. Yes, I see it. So I don't want Darby to lose at all. Wanting him to stop losing means I want him well, to Well, I wonder, I, who else is on this list? So, so, but wait. So, I'm talking to this RC fucking... So, wanting to wanting Darby to not lose as much means I want him to always win. That's what, that's what he said. I'm too tired for comments like that, bro. Uh, bro, I don't even know who the fuck's on this list. Who, who don't you want to lose? Apparently, I, I didn't want Malachi Black to lose. I remember saying that. Oh, well, that was, un- want- that was understandable. Yeah. And now I want Darby to not lose as much, and apparently that means I want him to never lose. 
to the pile up to the pot. See. <laughs> Move on, man. Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa, man. We got more important things to tackle here, man. Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb. This was for the AEW Women's Championship, man. Uh, this went nearly 17 minutes. And what we talked about going into this match, Jesse, is that we were afraid that this match was going to deliver, but the fans were not going to care as much as they should care for the amount of greatness that this match could potentially have uh, and how great Thunder Rosa is and how great Serena Deeb is, man. Uh, the crowd was into it. Uh, they performed uh, excellent tonight. This was easily one of the best matches of the night. This was easily the best match of Thunder Rosa's uh, year. Uh, this was the best match of Serena Deeb's year, and this may end up being one of the best women's matches of the entire year, period, for any promotion, just not AEW. Uh, I love how physical the match was. I, I thought both women were completely on top of their game. I, I think everything flowed beautifully. Um, outside that, I love the fact that Thunder Rosa got the victory. It was a clean victory. And even with the clean victory, Jesse, I'd love to see it happen again because that's how good it was. And now you guys see how good Thunder Rosa is. I mean, a lot of people are really writing her off because of how she's been booked, but it's not even her fault. She got a feud with Nyla Rose. She's been in, in these garbage matches that uh, AEW has not given her, and it resembled a WWE-like fucking run for one of their women and one of their champions, but it's not her fault. No TV time, no promo time. Jesse, I think she shut a lot of people up tonight, and this match was fucking great. She did. They 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 killed it, man. This was a this was a wrestling match from two veterans, dude. Yes. And was it was it perfectly clean? Fuck no, man. No. There was a lot of miscues in it and everything else. But let me explain something to anybody who's never been into a fight before. Fights don't always go that clean. Okay, fights get messy. Fights get sloppy. I know this is pro wrestling and the match is supposed to go smooth, but when you have two pro wrestlers like these two women who who are going above and beyond to try to make everything perfect, sometimes they don't line up perfect. But at the end of the day, you get a fantastic wrestling match, man. It, it, it felt like they both knew what they wanted to do. They both hit it. They both told the right story and everything else. The selling was fantastic. Yep. And the crowd got behind it. And I, I I love this match. I think it was, I think this match was redemption for Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa for, and I still believe this, for management in the back who neglected them and giving them the proper build and the proper time to make this match more interesting going in. They had to do it all in the ring themselves. Yes. They had to do it all them fucking selves, man, because they, they were not given a proper build for a women's championship match. Yes. Just not at all. I mean, the, the tag team titles got a nice little build. The world title got a fucking phenomenal build. And then there's a women's championship that exists. You know, we had a promo interrupted, and we had Thunder Rosa's fucking promo getting cut off by our music. I mean, it was, it was just, it was just, they just, they didn't, they don't fucking care, man. Well, if they do care, they don't care as much as they should. Yeah. They need more attention. They need, they need well, more Well, they story. should fucking care after what these two women did tonight, I tell you that. I, I hope they do, because they fucking deserve it. Now, both of these women, there was not really one woman that was overpowering the other here. This was a very even match. It wasn't, uh, there was no real solid story to this match. There was not a body part that was targeted. There was no rib cage. There was no fucking shoulder. There was no leg. It was a very straightforward two women 
who know how to wrestle, legit, like Jesse said, in a fight, beating the shit out of each other, and that's exactly what I want out of my women's wrestling, and they did it for 17 fucking minutes. So yeah. with everything that happened here, uh, I hope that everybody really can put it to the to the wayside now that Thunder Rosa is uh, not really doing what she needs to do as champion. I think this match shut a lot of people up, and I think we can now move on to something a little bit more. Whatever they do next has to be unequal to this, equal or yeah. better than this. I don't know who that may be. I don't know who she is going to wrestle next, but uh, it, it is going to be a difficult one to top what they did here tonight. So uh, Thunder Rosa, she paid homage to Dustin Reynolds here. Uh, with the whole gold dust thing she did. She dropped down to her knees, and she did that uh, Dustin signature punch, which looked awesome. great. That was awesome. uh, Rosa hit a Northern Lights suplex bridge for two. Dean came back and locked on an octopus hole. She turned it into a flipping neck breaker. Rosa counted a leg sweep into a crossface. Deeb cradled her way out of it. Deeb then locked on a stretch muffler, but Rosa fought out and smashed Deeb's knee against the mat. Simultaneous clotheslines here both led to a double down for both ladies. They're in the corner now. Rose hit some diving, uh, a diving double stomp on the back. And the fire thunder driver for a near fall. Deeb chopped Rose's leg and applied a figure four leg lock. They traded slaps while Deeb had the hold locked on. Rosa rolled to the floor to break the hold. But when she got back into the ring, Deeb hit a dragon screw over the ropes. Deeb hit the deep tox, but Rosa got her foot on the rope during the pin attempt. She went for the Serenity Lock to D, but then opted for a powerbomb before applying a Texas Cloverleaf, which was executed perfectly. Rosa reached the ropes to break the hold. Deeb wanted the Deep Tox again, but Rosa went for a cradle to break it. Rosa then cracked Deeb with a, a big kick and then a superplex into the Fire Thunder Driver for the one, two, three. And Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb uh, potentially had the match of the night, depending on who you ask. Uh, this is the best match for both women. Uh, for the year, this was easily the best women's match on the show. It may go down as one of the best women's matches in AW history, and I'm very proud of both ladies and what they did tonight. I uh, I would love to see a rematch. I really would. Yeah. Moving on, guys. Justin Roberts. I uh, I did not know what he was saying. I was thought he I, I thought he was gonna introduce us to some bad news, but uh, he got on the microphone and he introduced the next match by saying, "Shit is about to hit the fan." And we got the Anarchy in the Arena match. This is the Jericho Appreciation Society. Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Daniel Garcia, Matt Menard, and Angela Parker against the Blackpool Combat Club of John Moxley, Brian Danielson, with Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. Jesse, I, I don't even know how to go over this match. Uh, I, I even said to a couple of people on, on my phone via text, how am I supposed to review this shit? At the end of the night, I don't even think we're going to review it, but this match to me, man, um, I know I, I know Tony Khan is a, is a big fan of, of old school ECW. This was this had an old school ECW vibe to me. I legitimately thought I was watching something on T on uh, TNN back uh, in the uh, the days of high school watching ECW on fucking cable television at one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning when nobody realized that we were awake. And we heard New Jack come out, and he was beating shit uh, over people's heads and fucking grating people's skin with uh, cheese graters. And he had natural-born killers playing over the PA system while all this fucking blood and carnage was happening in, in Philadelphia, man. That's exactly the vibe I got here. This was the most fun I had all night. This will go down as one of the best things that AW's ever done. 
This was an instant AEW classic, bro. This was unlike anything I've seen on TV since the early days of ECW, and they apps all 10 guys and AEW, whoever produced this shit, for Tony Khan putting this shit together, man, this was one of the most classic AEW matches in their three and a half years so far in existence. Yeah, man, this is fun. There's a lot of shit going on, man, and um, if I'm the live crowd, I'm probably upset that, you know, they had to watch the show on the screen, you know, but um, for the home audience... This was so much fun, man. It was stuff all over the place. Everybody, everybody looked like everybody looked fucking legit. Like everybody's out there, like they were throwing fucking potatoes, man. Like everybody was out there just stiffing everybody, man. It looked like they were out there fighting for real. Eddie Kingston, the look on his fucking face, he like he was ready to commit murder. This motherfucker came out with a goddamn fucking can of Bro, gasoline. He, he, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. He, he was, he was, fu- I don't know what the fuck substance he had. He had mustard, he had ketchup on him, he had blood on him, he had sweat on him, spit on him. I don't know what the fuck Eddie Kingston was going through, man. What a night for him. Dude, all over the place. Brian was laying in shots on one of the 2.0 guys at one point in this thing. Wild Thing kept playing over and over again for at least two two turns until Jericho pulled the fucking plug and beat the PA system. <laughs> he fucking pulled the plug on the music, which I don't know if I would have heard it a third time or, or enjoyed it a third time, but for the two times that it played, it's, it sounded fucking great, man. It was a great backing track for the carnage that was. So Jericho pulled the plug and shut the music off, and we got a, a legit brawl all over the arena. There was a moment in this thing where Eddie Kingston was, I believe, beating up Daniel Garcia up in the mezzanine section, uh, mustard was flying all over the place. Ketchup was flying all over the place. There was a huge crowd in the mezzanine taking pictures. Production crew was there. He threw uh, Daniel Garcia into the, the T-shirt stand all over the place up there. Uh, one point, they were, I believe, in the elevator. Santana Ortiz set up a big ladder, and they jumped through uh, tables on each side of the ladder, putting the members of the Jericho Appreciation Society through two tables. Um, there was Jericho and Moxley fighting on the outside, chairs and cameras and trash cans. And it, dude, it was, it was legitimately all over the place, all over the place to a point where I, I just stopped writing notes. I, 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 there was no way there was no fucking way. Barbed wire was pulled out from underneath the ring at one point. Uh, I done the Rosa. We love Jamech. Is done the Rosa here? She's here. Uh, what was, well, she missed the segment where we talked about her and praised her great match of the night. Well, maybe she maybe she caught it. Uh, maybe but. she caught it. All right. Match of the night, Thunder. Match of the night. We, me and Jesse Fantastic. both loved it, man. We want to see it again. We want to see it again. I like, uh, here's something I forgot to point out. I like the time they get. They get a decent amount of time. 17 minutes, man. Good. I, I, what did I say earlier today? Between 15 and 20 minutes, didn't it? Yeah, it may have been, besides the Anarchy match it was and the Punk match, I, I think was the longest match on the show. Yeah. Good. They gave them time and they took advantage of it. I'm hoping that match changes some uh, opinions of of the um, the women's championship division after that match because they deserve. Yeah, it. I think I, I hope I hope uh, Thunder Rose in the chat. I hope I hope you I hope you and Deeb shut a lot of fucking people up tonight. I really do. Nobody yes. should nobody after tonight. Whatever the fuck the problem is out there uh, for you guys getting a lack of TV time and build and storyline, you guys shut a lot of people up. And I think hopefully you turn heads and said. Listen, give us some TV time. This is what you can expect from two women like us. Get us on TV and give us some proper storytelling. Oh, she did miss it. Yeah, she missed it. All right, well, there's always gotta a replay. Go back. Yeah, there's gotta go back and catch it. Lots of good stuff there. Lots of good stuff there. Uh, Jesse, we, uh, again, all over the place, man, with this thing. I stopped taking notes for the Anarchy match. Um, at one point, Moxley took a ring tool and started unhooking the turnbuckle, and this started looking like a legit 
fucking just crazy, crazy man in there. Moxley was all blood all over his face. Crazy. So we're going to speed it up here and we can't obviously talk about any, everything. So we're going to just fast forward to the end of the match. Um, Kingston, as you guys know, had his eye burned and, and wiz- wizardry happened because Jericho's a fucking wizard. And he's got a new T-shirt, by the way, which uh, I, I said it. And yeah, he's got uh, a new T-shirt where he's a wizard. So I, I'm absolutely going to be purchasing that from AEW shop. Eddie Kingston showed up with a, a, a can of gasoline. This guy had mustard. He had ketchup. He had blood. He had sweat. He had spit. He had feces all over him. This guy was fucking crazy. He walks down with a red can of gasoline. And I don't know if you guys are watching the same thing that I'm watching, but in the back of my mind is I hope he burns Chris Jericho. I hope he lights Chris Jericho on fire. I know I'm a sick fuck. I'm, an, I'm a maniacal fuck here at uh, two, 3 o'clock in the morning. I wanted Jericho to be lit on fire. That's Jesus exactly Christ, what I want. Man. We didn't get that. He doused Chris Jericho in the gasoline. Danielson um, got hit with the gasoline, too. And then it led to them brawling, Jesse. Brian Danielson was the savior of Chris Jericho not being lit on fire, and him and Eddie Kingston had a huge brawl, and they're on the same team in this match. So Danielson stopped this. Moxley tried to break up Kingston and Danielson. Jericho hit everyone with chairs. Hager sent Moxley backwards onto the barbed wire that was perched on a table outside, which did not break. So he's laying in the bar fire, uh, the barbed wire. It reminded me of Terry Funk in uh, one of the WWE One Night Stand shows where he went through fucking barbed wire with Mick Foley, and he's just... He's laying there shaking like he's fucking getting electrocuted out there. So Moxley's laying in the fucking barbed wire. At that point, that one night stand was fucking crazy, man. He was fucking, he had a, he came out with a flaming baseball bat. He had a fucking eye patch on his eye because he was busted open in the match. Crazy shit at the Hammerstein Ballroom. But that's what John Moxley reminded me of. So he's out there. He's out of the match completely. Hager sent Moxley backwards onto this barbed wire. And then Jericho wipes out Kingston with the Judas effect. Jericho then whacked Danielson with the turnbuckle, the loose turnbuckle pad and, the, and the, the metal. But Danielson kicked out of a very close near fall. Danielson fought off Jericho and Hager with yes kicks. He then hit the Busaiko knee on Hager. Then he hit on Jericho with the Busaiko knee. And uh, after this, the crowd was completely into Brian winning this match. Danielson laid in more kicks on Jericho before taking him out with a buzzsaw kick. He then tried to kick Jericho's head in, but Hager took Danielson out with a uh, baseball bat, floored the baseball bat. Jericho locked on the walls of Jericho as Hager strangled Danielson, and this was very similar to what uh, Brian did in WWE when he choked out Justin Roberts with his fucking tie. <laughs> yeah, this was very, very, very similar. The same way that he choked out Justin Roberts, Brian was choked out by Jake Hager. That was done by design. And oh, this, he should have went and choked out Justin Roberts. This I, I would have loved that. I mean, I don't, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised he didn't great. get. I'm surprised he wasn't thrown into the melee, bro. Uh, Brian did not tap out. He passed out, and the Jericho Appreciation Society won this fucking unbelievable classic. I loved every bit of this. This was such a fun match. Some people, Jesse, on social media were claiming this was a terrible decision. How could the BCC lose this match? Oh my god, this is terrible. You guys need to understand that this is not over. It is not over. This leads to Blood and Guts and the Blackpool Combat Club get their victory in Blood and Guts. I think they upped the ante in Blood and Guts as well. I said this on Twitter today, Jesse. They were going to win this match. Everybody laughed at me. Issa laughed at me. And you laughed at me. Yeah. And they won this match. I don't know why that happened, man. I 
do not know why. I even said that I could see the BCC losing. Then I said that Santana Ortiz would probably eat the L. Ah, that 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 ending, man. I don't I don't know. We'll see where the story goes. But I mean, why not? You had the opportunity to. Why not protect Brian and Moxley? Well, I brought, dude, Brian is so fucking good at what he does, man. Him being choked out with a fucking rope while he's also in the walls of Jericho. I mean, does he look bad? No, 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 no. It wasn't bad at all. He didn't mean like one of the tough son of son of a bitch out there in that yes. match, man. You know, but again, the opportunity was there for someone else to eat it. I, I know, but I mean. He opted to take that loss there. A lot of people are like, how, how could you do that to Brian? He got choked out with a fucking rope. Yeah. No, he was the eating. ring was taken apart. He got choked out with a rope, and he got the walls of Jericho plot on him at the same time. He passed out. He did not yeah. tap out. He didn't, he didn't tell Aubrey, yeah, I give up. No, it's, yeah, it's not like he went out there and tapped out to a headlock, guys. I mean, come on. It's, it's, it wasn't that bad. You know, just put it like this. Would Roman have done that? Would Roman have lost like that? Yeah. Well, Roman Roman is not losing. Period. Until he loses to Drew. Period. No, just it, it just seems it just seems to everyone that the BCC are, are are billed as like you know the uber badasses of the fucking company, and they ain't losing for shit until it's like super fucking meaningful. So, well, man, they can't get the victory all the time. You, I mean, we we just had the RC Dotson in the chat saying that uh, you want everybody to fucking win. Everybody to win. I didn't say I wanted um, BCC to win. I said I didn't want Brian to lose. Two different things. Think about it. <laughs> BCC could have lost. Too, it's too late for me to fucking comprehend that right See? now, man. I don't, I don't know. BCC could have lost while, while Proud and Powerful took the L, man. Proud and Powerful got their own fucking problems. Yeah, they do. They got their own problems, man. I don't. I don't know what's going on. Um, listen, I love. I love <laughs> this. Blood and guts is going to happen on Dynamite. I can't wait. It's going to be great. This was one of the best highlights of the show. One of the best highlights in AW history. Classic match. Loved every bit of it. Kudos to all 10 guys and Tony Khan for putting that shit together, man. We had no fucking idea what we were going to get when we got into this show, and they absolutely killed it. Hey, quick question. Why why did Santana Ortiz not come out together? I don't know. I mean, they, they it's not like they all came out individually. I have news on Santana Ortiz that I am not uh, at liberty to uh, disclose at this moment because uh, I, I can't do them dirty because uh, I know Santana personally. Well, not personally, but uh, I've hung out with him. Uh, he came to film C&C with me and Hodge. Hodge knows him personally. Uh, I can't I can't uh, say anything right now. That's, so. what, that's what I brought it up because I knew you couldn't say anything. Well, yeah, I can't, I can't say anything. I don't know, man. I love, I love LAX. I think they uh, are primed and ready for a tag team title run, but I, I don't know if we're ever going to get that. You know, who knows? So we move on with the show, man. Andrade El Idolo. Congratulations. He got married to Charlotte Flair this weekend. He wasn't actually on the show. This was a pre-taped segment. He's uh, off uh, doing honeymoon stuff. Uh, Andrade El Idolo was in uh, his office. Bro, we finally got the HFO, the Hardy family office, which was now the Andrade family office. They are finished, bro. He called them losers. Jose, the assistant for Andrade, had a contract ready, and Andrade says that he wants to go in a different business direction, and they introduce the man who's knocking on Andrade's office door, and in comes Roosh El Toro. Roosh is in AEW, bro. We're getting Andrade and Roosh together, man. We're getting a Mexican mafia together with Andrade leading the charge, man. This is fucking great. I predicted this fucking months ago. This is what you got to do with Andrade. Bring him on into the company. Pair him with Roosh. Bring on, uh, bring El ba uh, Bandito in. 
bring these guys in, man. This is what he needs to do. This is who he needs to be aligned with. And it looks like they are heading in that direction, man. Andre, we may see a new Andrade, man, a better Andrade, the best Andrade. Yeah, um, not familiar with Roosh, but it, it looks like they they got a pretty good pairing going on already, just by the, the, the aesthetics of it. Yes, they look right together. Uh, well, uh, I mean, a, a lot according to him, he's one of the best pro wrestlers on the planet, and Andrade is up there as well. So, uh, I mean, you're gonna doubt him and what he says? Oh, uh, former Ring of Honor uh, champion, former Ring of Honor world champion, by the way. Look, um, look, I'm no wrestling, you know, guru, but I. Did not know that there was a, one of the best wrestlers in the world that I didn't even know who he was. I mean, but hey, prove me wrong, bro. Prove me wrong. I will see him soon. I don't know. Rush El Toro Blanco came in. That's his name. I don't know if they're going to call him that, but uh, I'll just call him Rush. <laughs> Rush sounds a lot cooler. Anyway, that's that. Andrade will be back on TV uh, sooner, th- uh, sooner rather than later, and I can't wait for that because he uh, he's way too good to be sitting on the sidelines. Uh, we got a tag team title match: Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, Jurassic Express with Christian Cage. Team Taz, Ricky Starks, Power S. Hobbs, and Swerve Strickland with Keith Lee. This went uh, also 17 minutes. These guys got a lot of time, man. The second part of the show was a lot better than the first half of the show, I'll tell you that. Um, I was actually surprised by this outcome, man. Jurassic Express wins the tag team uh, title match here. They retained the titles. Uh, this was all over the place. Uh, everybody got uh, a ton of shit in here. And I, like I said, surprised that Jurassic Express retained the titles, man. Are you as surprised as I am? No, I predicted this. You predict? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I thought Team Ta- I thought Team Tabs was going to win this thing, man. No, no I literally said I don't see a title change here. I don't see a build for a title change, so I'm going to stick with the champs, man. Well, you got what you asked for. Yeah, I mean, uh, give me a good build. You know, give me a give me a number one contending tag team with a, with a heated build, and I can definitely see a change coming. But they just threw this match together at the last second. I don't see a reason to. Strip him of the titles just for this. I mean, have some have some you know fanfare behind it when they lose to some contenders, man. Yeah. Uh, the highlight of the match for me, uh, this match was great. It was fun, uh, entertaining. The highlight of the match for me was uh, Ricky Starks walking the top rope in front of Jungle Boy's uh, sister and mother, I believe, and, and and he was dancing, mocking them, and pointing at them in a very sexual way. And then he was grinding as well on the top rope as he had uh, Jungle Boy and an arm drag on the top rope, walking the top rope like the fucking Undertaker does with old school. <laughs> Ricky Starks is fucking fantastic, man. I don't know why we don't see more of him on television. Yeah, he's really good. He's fucking um, great. Uh, I love that. That was the highlight of the match for me because I just left my ass off at that. Um, we also got a great move with Swerve moonsaulting off of Keith Lee's chest onto the outside. That was also fucking very good. At one point, we're going to pick it up here. Uh, the three guys, the three big guys, Keith Lee, Luchasaurus, and uh, Hobbs, they all squared off. This was uh, a ton of meat in the ring here. Uh, not booty meat like uh, like uh, our friend there in uh, the Super Chats. Uh, Tony Brown loves booty meat. This was not uh, that type of meat. This was uh, uh, fucking high-quality, grade-A meat here from uh, Keith Lee, uh, Luchasaurus, and Will Hobbs. They're in the ring, and Luchasaurus went for a double choke slam on both of these guys. I don't know why. But he did. Hobbs and Lee turned it into a double choke slam of their own. Lee dumped Hobbs out to the floor and landed a tope over the top rope, which looked fucking unbelievable by Keith Lee. Keith Lee looks very good as of late, man. It looks like he's uh, trimming up. Got a little fucking uh, four-pack of abs coming in there. I don't know if you've seen that. Keith Lee? Yeah. Keith Lee's looking good, man. Keith Lee's uh, sh- trimming up. Keith Lee looks great. You just say he had a four-pack? Yeah, man. He's got. He's working on his ass. He's working on his tone, man. It looks great. 
is abs. Yes. All right, moving on. <laughs> I love Keith Lee. Just get that straight. Keith Lee is looking good, man. Um, moving on here, man. Uh, after they squared off with the, the uh, tope, Luchasaurus powered him up and uh, lifted him up into a, a slam and lethally kicked out of it. Luchasaurus and Leech traded strikes in the center of the ring. Hobbs took them both out, leading to Starks and Jungle Boy tagging in. Starks pinned Jungle Boy with his feet on the ropes, and Christian pushed them off, leading to Hobbs sending Christian into the steel steps. Jungle Boy took out Hobbs, but ran into a spear from Starks for a great near fall. Uh, Starks then hit a slingshot Rochambeau, but Luchasaurus broke up the pin at the last second. Hobbs hit a spine buster, but Swerve hit a pop-up stomp on Hobbs. Luchasaurus inadvertently booted Jungle Boy in the face. And then he was pounced by Keith Lee out of the ring. Swerve and Lee hit a doomsday double stomp, but Hobbs broke up the pin for another good, uh, very good near fall. Starks hit Lee with the FTW championship. There's no DQ here. Uh, Jungle Boy landed a thrust kick on Swerve. Starks went to use the belt again, but Christian dragged him out of the ring. Swerve rolled up Jungle Boy for a close near fall. Jungle Boy voted a Swerve stomp, and he and Luchasaurus hit the Thoratic Express for the 1-2-3 to retain the title. After the match, Christian celebrated with them. Uh, still waiting the heel turn there. I do think it's coming sooner rather than later. But uh, for now, we got Christian, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy retaining the Tag Team Championships and what I thought was a very, very good Tag Team Triple Threat match for the AW Tag Team titles. Are there rules in a Tag Team Triple Threat match? No. There's no rules. Why are we hiding? What do you mean? Why? Who's hiding? Why was, why was, why was, um, I think it was Starks. Why was he trying to do something behind the referee's back? See, I told you Keith Lee has abs. Look, the people are agreeing with me in the chat. You see that? I know I'm not blind. You want to claim victory because (laughs) these motherfuckers in this chat agree with you. This is my chat. This is my, this is my chat. Right. Hey, okay. If you if you and the people in that chat saw Keith Lee with a four pack, man, hey, more power to you, bro. This is how visual I am, man. This is how I take uh, take my notes. I pay attention. Look, an- another another RC Dotson comment. He probably thought I didn't see it because the chat blocked it. He said, like, "I got a big TV. I saw it, dude. I got a sixty five inch LG OLED." Great job, I didn't, see, I didn't see a half of an ab, okay? Okay. Well, who's hiding? What are you talking about? Who's hiding? What was the spot? There was a spot where I was watching them. It was a spot where somebody was trying to do some shit behind the referee's back. And I'm like, what are you hiding for? It was a, it's no DQ. Who was the referee in this match? Rick Knox? I don't remember. If it's Rick Knox, who gives a shit, man? Let's anything go anyway. Every it's match a, with Rick Knox has a no DQ match. It was, it was a triple. It's a triple. It's a triple threat match, and they were trying to. They were some. I believe it was Starks. He was trying to do something behind the rest back. Like, what are you hiding it for, bro? It's no DQ. It's triple threat. I don't know, man. I, look, why why are we things... waiting for tags? What do you mean? Why are we waiting for tags? What are you talking about? It's a tag match, right? Yes. Why were they tagging people? Because that's the rule of a tag team triple threat. Well, there's no rules. But there's that is no the rule. That's a rule. Okay, so if you so if you don't tag, what happens? You get DQ'd. It's Rick Knox. Nobody gets DQ'd during a Rick's not Rick Knox so, tag team match. So why are they sitting on the apron? It was Bryce Rensburg. No difference, man. All the AEW referees are very lenient. 
So why are they sitting on the apron waiting for a tag? Gotta have some sense of order there, bro. Or what? Or then it's too chaotic, man. I couldn't even it, tell who the fucking legal man was for half the fucking match. You mean you mean chaotic like a like a arena anarchy match? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it that's what it would devolve into, yes. So if you get into the ring without tagging, the ref is gonna do what to you? Nothing. It's gonna do nothing, man. No DQ. Right. Right. <laughs> Listen, man, I can't, I can't deal with you with this late hour, man. Jesus fucking Christ. Give me the tag. Just get in the fucking ring. Listen, man, we got the Jurassic Express retaining the titles in a great match. Uh, I don't know where they go next with the tag team titles. I'd love to see one of these two teams continue chasing. I think Keith Lee and Swerve are continuing to chase the titles. I think they are a great tag team. I think they should stick it out for the time being because right now there's no room for them in the men's singles divisions to go after any of the, the, the major men's titles. But, you know, tag team division's always been very good, man. But uh, as far as the teams there, there's a lot of competition there. It could be anybody. It's an open field. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it's just a matter of who they, who they want to push to that position and just, you know, push them to the forefront a little bit and done. You know? Yeah. I mean, done and done. You got plenty of teams you can put in that spot. Plenty. Ladies and gentlemen, we have finally reached the main event. It is now time for the main event. thought it was over. CM Punk, man. CM Punk and Adam Hangman Page for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. This went nearly 26 minutes. Crowd was very split for most of this thing. We even got a fuck you hangman cowboy shit chant in this thing, man. The power of CM Punk, man. The power of Phil Brooks is undeniable sometimes. Yeah. This was, uh, I don't want to say this was uh, one of the best matches in AEW history, man, but I, I will say this. If this is the quality of match that we're going to get as CM Punk as world champion, man, this is this is going to be a great title reign. <laughs> say, whoa, slow down there, Prairie Dog. <laughs> what, what? Match, was, match was great. We're not talking like... I'm not saying... I'm not going to say it's one of the best matches of AEW <laughs> history. <laughs> okay. But uh, why was it to you? No, no. Okay. All right. Wasn't, I, that, wasn't that good. All right. Well, I, I'm saying it was, it was a great main event. Uh, for this show, it, it delivered on all aspects. Yeah. But as far as Punk, man, if this is the quality of match that we're going to get with him in the main event, uh, you know, for AEW's world champion, I mean, I think we're going to be very happy with what we, we're getting here. Yeah, I was watching this match um, um, with my wife, and, you know, she's the casualist of casuals. But even she realized something that, and uh, while watching this match, as she's watching it, she pointed out, she said, like, Punk seems like a, a, a very old school style wrestler. Yes. I said, I said, you hit it on the fucking nose. And you know what, man? He, you know, it's funny your wife picked that out. He he was not like that all the time, man. He He's developed no. this. I'm telling you right now, some of you may not agree with me with this, and I know it's late. This is the best version of CM Punk that we've ever seen. I don't know about the best. It's it's a different version. It, it's, it's a, di- it, it it's could a, be it's different. It could be different, and it could be the best. I think it's the best version yeah. of CM Punk that we've ever gotten. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a it's a it's a different version from what his you know earlier versions are obviously, but um, at his age, I, I I like at his age and and this stage of his career, I like the change that he's taken to go to now this style. Yeah, you know what I, I I'm not a fan of like Jeff Hardy out there trying to jump off of a goddamn Statue of Liberty to do a swanton, you know change up your style to what you're able to do now, able to do and have it look clean and look presentable and look, you know, awesome without looking like you're going to kill yourself. 
Punk adjusted to his age and, and you know into his maturity and adjusted his wrestling style accordingly, and you can tell, and it's still very entertaining at the same time. All right, everybody in the chat saying you don't agree. This is the best version of CM Punk in ring that we've ever seen before. That's that's that. that let me rephrase what I had to say because everybody's going to go back to what he did in Las Vegas with the Summer of Punk and John Cena. Uh, I get it. When was the best version of CM Punk then? In well, WWE, our- when he was no. fucking unhappy. No, his ROH stuff, like with his um his matches with Joe. That was the best in-ring punk to me. Right. Well, I, I prefer a, a much mature pro wrestler. And that's what a we're fucking, getting. Fucking one-hour Broadway with okay. fucking Samoa Joe. Oh, okay. What shit? All right. We're not going to get that. Well, I mean, I'm sure Punk could go one hour if he wanted to go, but we're not going to go back fucking 25 years and get, no, that, he, that, and get that Phil Brooks went, again. He fucking barely went the 20 minutes that he went tonight, Jack. I don't know about an hour. I mean, well, yeah. yeah well... He was sucking wind pretty hard there, man. Well, whatever the case may be, if this is the level of match that we're going to get with Punk as world champion, uh, it is going to be a great title run for it CM is. Punk. It um, is. The crowd was on fire. I know it's I know it's Vegas. I know it's a three-hour time difference. This match went on at 12.15, and it's 9.15 over there, and they just sat through a fucking four-and-a-half-hour wrestling show, and this crowd was on fire just as if they were uh, to start the show. They so, did, man. Hats off to those guys. I mean, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. I was contemplating even coming on here. And here we are. The pre-show they were there for. They were probably fucking drinking at casinos before they got to the goddamn T-Mobile Center, man. Yep. And, and they, they were still pumped. They were, I mean, five, five and a half hours in, they were still going strong. I mean, it couldn't be me, Jack. So we got these guys going back and forth a little bit. Crowd was really into it. Dueling chants of, uh, you know, let's go, uh, let's go Hangman CM Punk. And then fuck you, Hangman, uh, cowboy shit. They, they were having a blast out there. So we got a side rush and leg sweep by CM Punk. Punk maintained control with a crossbody. Turned it into a followaway slam. Page followed up with a plancha out to the floor. He drove Punk's face into the steel steps. And this was a split 50-50 crowd and a split 50-50 match. Both guys were evenly matched about uh, five, six minutes in. So Page cut off uh, a flurry of offensive strikes uh, from Punk with a huge discus elbow. He then set up for the buckshot Larry and told the crowd to get behind him. Punk exploded up and sent Page flying into the barricade. Punk recovered and powerbombed, or Page rather, recovered and powerbombed Punk onto the corner of the apron, which looked absolutely fucking brutal. Uh, CM Punk gave you a uh, grimace on his face as if he was really legit fucking hurt on that one. So uh, we fast forward here, and on the top rope, Page teased a uh, a big moonsault, and Punk stopped him and turned it into a superplex. Punk hit a drop kick followed by a rising knee in the corner into a bulldog signature CM Punk. Jesse, you told me that you feel like CM Punk has the five moves of doom. It felt like it, because I was like, oh, here we go. I, I didn't even realize it until, like, he got like into it, like oh, it comes the running knee, yeah. boom, there we go. It comes the bulldog, boom, there yeah. we go. Yeah, though, and, and then that springboard lariat. Uh, he does, yeah, if, lariat. If you want to think about it, he does have. Uh, he made yeah. fun of John Cena all those years for the five moves of doom, and he's got his five moves. He's got. His, I was waiting for the Macho Man elbow. Yeah. I was waiting for a Pepsi plunge. You know, I was like, you know, maybe at the Pepsi plunge, he don't do that every win. But yeah, I'm like, man, I didn't even realize it halfway through it. Like, there's the there's the knee, and then there's the bulldog. And now it comes the elbow, and they're gonna do the go to sleep thing. It's like this feels like John Cena five moves of doom esque almost, man. So he did the springboard lariat. Punk wanted the sharpshooter. Page fought out. Punk was able to keep up with the offense with a swinging net breaker. He climbed the top ropes. Page pushed him off to the floor and finally landed the moonsault. And it looked like Page came up with a bum knee. Thank God he did not. 
Page yeah, set up for, yeah, I, I, for some reason, I always feel like he's going to come up with a bum knee off that moonsault, but he always nails it. Uh, Page yeah. set up for the buckshot. Punk reversed it into a sharpshooter, and this was the first leg submission move of the night that actually looked like it was applied properly. I don't know what it was with sharpshooters <laughs> and leg holds tonight, but nobody did it right tonight. Uh, this was the first time that we saw it done properly. Page crawled and eventually reached the ropes. Punk went for the buckshot. Page went for the GTS, and they wrestled a bit of uh, a stalemate back and forth. So they're on the apron. Punk hits a roundhouse kick. He went for a buckshot. He hit it for a two count, but he collapsed in the ring before he actually hit the clothesline. I don't know if that was on purpose, Jesse, or if he was fucking around with the referee. I don't know what happened there, but he tripped upon entering the ring. I don't know if you caught that, and the crowd kind of booed him for it. At what part? Let me see. The, the, the buckshot ladder. When he, when he did the buckshot ladder, he kind of fell to a knee, and then he delivered the clothesline. Punk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Punk botched. Um, he, he, it looked like he botched both, um, both attempts. At the buckshot. I know the first one was meant to be countered, but it looked like he still botched when he went down. Yeah. Then when he hit the second, when he went down again, he just, he can't stick that landing. Well, he couldn't stick that landing because maybe that knee is bothering him too much. Yeah, maybe. And, and well, commentary sold the knee and the uh, the issue of the knee being the story of the match for Punk, but uh, that move is pretty, pretty complicated if you're it's not, not somebody like out of phase. It's it not looks. as easy as it looks, no. Nope. So Punk called for the GTS after that botch of the uh, Lariat. Page countered out of it, caught Punk with a knee. Uh, hit a last right power bomb and then a dead eye for a very good near fall. The dead eye almost pulled Punk out of his trunks, which was uh, a very HBK uh, heartbreak, heartbreak break kid moment there. So uh, Page mocked Punk's go to sleep. He went for the GTS. Punk fought out, hit a high kick. Page fired up, hit the GTS for a near fall. They traded forearms from a kneel position. Then they stood up. Page closed line Punk over the top rope and they both fell to the outside. He then tossed Punk over the timekeeper's table and grabbed the belt, yelling, this is mine, this is mine, you will never have it. Page set up for the buckshot again. Punk entered the ring and turned it into a GTS. During the attempt, Page and his feet hit the official and knocked him down, and the referee took a bump. He was out of the match for the time being. Page took out Punk with a lariat. With the referee down, Page considered using the belt as a weapon. He picked it up and demanded Punk get up. uh, Punk then knelt with his hands up, Looking very vulnerable, Page then, Jesse, dropped the belt, thought differently of it. He decided to go for the buckshot ladder instead, but Punk turned the buckshot into the GTS, and Adam Page defeated himself because he was thinking better, and the judgment of being a good guy uh, came over him, and Punk took advantage of that, man. GTS for the win, and CM Punk is the new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. We now officially embark, brother. On the summer of punk 2022. Summer of punk. It's a beautiful thing, right? It is a beautiful thing, man. Seven and a half years, and he's back last year, and this year he's the fucking AEW World Heavyweight Champion, man. man. If you're not excited about it, I don't know. I don't fucking know, man. Like Corey Graves said, man, you better check yourself for a fucking pulse, man. This was the right decision, and I will hear no other decision but this one. No, no, this, this is fine. I was calling, I was calling for a hangman win. Um, I just low-key wanted it to be done in Chicago for that mega pop. Yeah. You know, that just would have been, that would blew the goddamn roof off the place. Um, but, yeah, man, I, 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 normally I would be kind of concerned as far as what happens to Hangman at this point. And we still don't know. We still don't know if they're going to go back into a rematch feud or what. Um, but when, when, when the referee took that title and set it on the... I set it on the ring apron. 
right there, I was ready to claim victory in predicting the outcome of this match of Hangman's going to turn heel. Yep. And then he got in the ring and stopped. When the, ref, when, the, when the ref took that bump, I told my wife, I said, that's it. Hangman's about to turn heel. And then slowly turned and looked at that fucking title. I was like, here we go. He looked at it, changed his mind. And he changed his mind. I'm like, okay, he's losing. He's losing, dude. And now they're going to keep, but now they can keep him baby face and proceed to um, enter him into these, um, into the, into the elite slash bullet club slash whatever's going on with that uh, faction over there. So if Kenny comes back heel, he can do that. He can do Jay White. He can do that. So there's plenty for Hangman to do. Normally when you see a, a, a the champion lose his title, usually the first thoughts are, oh man, what are they going to do with him now? It's plenty for Hangman to do, man. Fucking plenty. Yeah. Uh, what Punk does, we got Forbidden Door coming up, man. We could see Punk versus Okada. We could see Punk versus Kenta. We could see a tag team match where Punk teams up with somebody and maybe they do uh, Punk Moxley versus Tanahashi and Okada. I don't know, man. Something along those lines. I don't know what he's going to do, but uh, CM Punk as world champion is going to make for very interesting television moving forward. I'll tell you that. Who's the in, Who's the NJP uh, world champion right now? Uh, it may be Okada. I- I'm not sure. Is it Okada? Chet, who's the New Japan Yeah, Chet, who's the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling IWGP Heavyweight Champion? You let us know, man. So if they do so if they do champion versus champion, then we could be looking at Punk versus whoever. I don't know if they'll do something that, because, I mean, you need a definitive outcome. Who's, re- who's ready to say, hey, uh, my champion is, is, is inferior to yours, you know? Yeah. Uh, Okada is the champion, yes. It's Okada. How'd they get, how'd they get back to that? I thought Okada was... Being marginalized over there. I don't know. I gotta no. catch up in this. Uh, I don't. I don't really know, man. I don't watch over there, but uh, I mean, they got nobody else over there. He's the fucking face of the company, so why not? Uh, but yeah. as far as the review goes, Jesse, I appreciate you being here, man. After the first half of the pay per view, I was really contemplating. This was a very meh pay per view. Uh, the first half was not. Uh, it, it wasn't bad. It was just not up to the level that we know of AEW producing on a pay per view. But man, the second half of the pay per view really made the entire show, man. That that anarchy match, Rosa versus Deeb, the Punk versus Hangman match. Um, even, um, the tag team triple threat match, House of Black versus, uh, Death Triangle, man. There was some solid shit on this show that will go down as memorable for AEW. Uh, like that, like I said, the first half did not really impress me. The second half fucking was incredible and AEW knocked it out of the park again. I I don't, I wouldn't claim this is one of the best, uh, pay-per-views that they've ever done, but man, they knocked it out of the park again on pay-per-view and that's what they do. Well, one of the things I like to do with AEW pay-per-views since you have to legit come out of pocket to buy it is, is just simply, was it worth the money? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, well, you had, you had to spend $50 to, to pay for wrestling events. And they gave me five hours, though it be a long night of very good entertaining wrestling. So if I had to just grade it on that worth every penny. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, it's always $50. Well, well spent always. Yeah. Guys, listen, uh, it is nearing 3.30 in the morning. Um, Jesse and I have uh, decided to stay up with you, and um, it's going to be uh, a very difficult one tomorrow morning, when, or this morning when we wake up. It's Memorial Day. Uh, obviously, we want to enjoy our days, but um, we do it for you guys. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate all the love and support. We know you love AEW just like we love AEW, and uh, to hang out with this show and us at this late hour, it's, it means the world to us, man. So thank you guys very much. We're going to get into the Super Chats. Paul, Paul wants to know, did we even cover the Anarchy match? Of course we did. What, what the fuck are you guys doing? I mean, did you did you guys just wake up 
at Paul, 2 in the morning? Paul, did you just get into the venue at 3.30 get, in the fucking right. morning, Paul? What the fuck were you doing? At least Thunder Rosa was here late because she was probably, I don't know, getting changed and cleaned up. She was in the shower. She was getting changed. She wants to go enjoy the rest of her night in Vegas with her husband, man. She's here. Right. What's your fucking excuse? What were you doing? I don't know, man. Come on, Paul. You got to fucking wise up, Paul. What the hell? Jesus Christ, man. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Follow Jesse at Chi-Town Smart on social media. Also on YouTube as well with Jesse. Hit that subscribe button down below. We got 1,500 likes. Thank you guys very much. If you're in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up, hit that thumbs up. And we got three new members, man. Hit that join button. Become an OTS VIP right here on the channel. Get into the super chats. Let's start at the top, guys. We're going to read through these as quick as we can because I want to go to bed, and I'm sure Jesse does as well. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Even a loss, even in a loss, Darby Allen looked strong. Wish he had won. So does Jesse. Nate TV with a $4.99 super chat. Julia Hart. Is with the House of Black now, Jesse. You got to watch out. I heard the House of Black is coming for you. Jesse doesn't want the House of Black coming for him. I, I may never see him again. No, not at all. Not at all. That's not good. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Anarchy match was crazy and fun. Sets up blood and guts. Yes, it does, Michelle. We talked about that earlier. Johnny Angel with three Super Chats. A $4.99, a $1.99, and a $1.99. I noticed back in the old 90s, WWF events, I'd hear these loud horns, especially in the arena. Any idea what that was? Yes, it was a bullhorn because the fans back in the day, man, were just as wild as we are now. Just in a different way. Uh, thoughts on Robert De Niro movies. I love Robert De Niro. He's one of my favorite actors. My favorite actor, though, is Anthony Hopkins. And thoughts on the band Kiss. We asked this question the other day. I do not listen to Kiss or any music resembling Kiss. I am not 70 years old. And uh, with a uh, aging fucking old man complex that has a Harley in the backyard, man. I, I'm why sorry. Why do people keep asking about Kiss? Are they got like a, a movie coming out soon or something? I, like, don't, why know. Is it, I don't know. Apparently, I'm a fan of Gene a, Simmons and fucking uh, what he does on stage, man. I don't it's know. It's just such a random fucking topic that, that keeps coming up. What do you think about Kiss? Who gives a fuck about Kiss? Do I look like I listen to Kiss? Jesus fucking Christ, man. Zach they have a new al- did they have a new album drop? I, I would hope not. If they had a new album drop, that would be a reason to have brought it up. Otherwise, why is Kiss being brought up in 2022 for no reason? Zach JD with a, <laughs> a two dollar super chat. Do you think Punk and Omega will cross paths? Yes, I do. Yeah. Tribal Chief two dollar super chat Canadian didn't know MJF's eyes needed oxygen. Oxygen. LOL. Is that what they did? They put an oxygen mask on him. Yeah, yeah, they did. I didn't. I must have missed like, that. Like, like, like the wrong way. They had it on back. They had it all upside down. Reverend David Thompson <laughs> with a two. I didn't know that. I must have missed that. Reverend David Thompson with a two dollars super chat. Let's see WWE top that. Bro, WWE can't even top what they did on WrestleMania night one, and that was a uh, fucking uh, lightning in a bottle moment for WWE. Probably the best show they put on all year. Probably will be the best show that they put on all year. Uh, who else we got here, man? We got uh, Gary the New Man with a five dollar super chat. AEW took the long way getting there, but hopefully fixed Andrade teaming him with Roosh. Yeah, finally. finally Almost as if Tony Khan man. listened to the fucking fans. Do something. Get rid of that fucking A F H O B O F A T H bullshit. A B C one two three bullshit with Andrade. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Bordeaux with a two dollar super chat. All of us now know, Mister Khan. I want to go to bed. Oh, wait. Fuck. Somebody answer. Okay, no. Answer that super chat. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, all of us now. Mr. Khan, I want to go to bed. Yes. 
Yeah. Tony yeah. Khan doesn't sleep, man. He probably sleeps fucking three hours every night and then uh, is up at six o'clock in the morning fucking hyped and ready to go, man, as if he yeah, had no four shit. shots of espresso. Pretty much, dude. Um, Kiss are retiring. That's why people are asking. Okay. Well, goodbye. Look, Kiss is just now retired. Goodbye. Yes. They've been making music up to this point. Yes. My God, what was the last time they brought an album out? Like recently? I don't know. I don't know. They've been around since the fucking 70s, man. Oh, wow. Uh, Gary, the new man. Thank you so much, bro. Jonathan Bordeaux, thank you, man. Jake Coy with a $5 UK Super Chat. I really enjoyed Double or Nothing. I can't wait for Wednesday. Thank you for all the videos and streams. Now I must go to sleep. <laughs> yes. You must GTS, man. Me too. So does Jesse. Uh, Ray G with a 1,000 yen Super Chat. This one's for Jesse for being the best booker of the night. Please give this man a raise. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, he needs a raise, right? So do I. Yeah. How about trying to focus that super chat at my channel then, man? <laughs> Golden Boy with a five-dollar super chat. Do you think the way MJF was defeated and taken off TV on a stretcher sets up an angle where he's out for a while so they can figure things out? Golden Boy, yes. We talked about that at the top of the show, man. MJF was written off television so he and Tony Khan can discuss business so that when he comes back, he's not a distraction for the rest of the show. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. CM Punk deserved the world title. Fuck anybody that says Hangman Page was buried yesterday. I don't... I'm, people saying was Page buried? was buried? Who's Page was buried? Who the fuck said that? Idiots, man. Tony Brown with a four ninety nine Super Chat. Old Army veteran loves OTS. We love you, Tony Brown. We love you, man. Tons of booty meat on tonight's show as well for you, man. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Wait, wait. That was Tony Brown's Super Chat? Yeah. He didn't point out any of the fucking booty meat. No. He, he, didn't, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't point out Anna J. He didn't point out Jade. He didn't point out Thunder Rosa. Nobody. Why is he super chat? Because he knows. He knows his quality A booty me, man. That's why. We had Athena debut. I know. No Stat, Statlander was there. Statlander was New Thicklander was there. I don't know, man. And no booty me super chat from Tony Brown. Nope. Highly disappointed, Tony Brown. That's late, man. You got to excuse him. Danny Boy, 1320 with a $5 Super Chat. I'm attending AEW this Wednesday at the Forum in Englewood, California. It's going to be fun, man. Make sure you wear an OTS t-shirt, brother. Bring a sign if you can. Bradley um, Robinette with a 199 Super Chat. Way too long, TK. Jesus Christ, I work tomorrow. LOL. Fabian. Huh? Fabian um, Cleveland asked, Jesse, do you have your own channel? Bro. What, what do your listeners do? Fabian. I just Fabian. literally shouted out Jesse's channel about five minutes ago, bro. I mean, what, I, I don't understand. It's late. It's understand. late, man. You got you to excuse, uh, you gotta excuse <laughs> I everybody, man. I just don't understand. People are getting fucking delirious at this hour, man. Danny Boy, <laughs> thank you so much, man. Bradley Robinette, thank you, man. Ricardo Linnell with a $10 super chat. I enjoyed the show even at five hours. How would you book Wardlow next? Is there any scenario in which you see MJF staying in AEW? Thank you both for your dedication. Shots for all in the venue. Thank you, Ricardo. Uh, I would book Wardlow going up against Scorpio Sky eventually for the TNT title. And uh, MJF is staying in AEW. He's got two years left on his contract. He's not due till 2024. He's taken off television because I do think him and Tony Khan are going to discuss things and iron things out, and he'll be back. Chelsea with a 100 Canadian. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Such a good show. Good to see you both. Drinks on me, even though it's rare. Cheer up, Jesse, or Rosa may get you on Wednesday. TK impressed me again with Athena and others showing up. Amazing work, as always, to both King JD and Jesse. OTS for life. 
And she leaves shot glass emojis with some fireball whiskey tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank, thank you so much. I enjoy, um, I, enjoy, I enjoy a good shot of fireball every now and then. Yeah, I think I, I had one yesterday. Um, can you pin my uh, channel to the top of the chat, please? Uh, there just, you go. Yeah, I just posted it. There you go. Guys, if you are new to this channel and did not know, I actually have my own channel. Could you please subscribe to it right there? It's pinned to the top. There you go. Um, I do AW Dark Reviews, Mondays, Tuesdays, occasional smack, uh, not smack, but occasional rampages, depending on what this other guy is doing. And come join me. We have good time. We hang out, have some drinks, and uh, watch some um, watch some wrestling. Man. Mr. Premium 2002 with a 4.99 Super Chat times two. Anarchy in the Arena was the match of the night, my opinion, speaking from someone who attended the show. Man, that had to be fucking crazy, man. That would have been fucking great, man. If I was in attendance and that shit was going on around me, man, that was uh, a classic. No question. Also, Mr. Premium. Imagine going to pay for a $15 warm beer and you get fucking Jericho thrown by you with a fucking tub of mustard all over him. I know. Mr. Premium also said he met the Hardys yesterday. One of the last things I said to both of them was to stay healthy. I hope that continues to be the case. Me too, and Jesse as well, man. Jeff did not look right to me, but I, I just may have been uh, taking things a little bit too uh, too far and thinking uh, a little bit too far, farther ahead. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. But the match got uh, the match got completed and nobody got killed. So I, I guess we all, we all win. Yeah. Uh, Zach JD with a 499 Super Chat. I forgot to add, if I'm Vince McMahon and I see how MJF is treating Tony Khan, do I even want him in my company? Of course you do. It's Vince McMahon kind of guy. Yeah, that, that's great, pal. You think Vince McMahon gives a fuck about how MJF is acting? <laughs> MJF, and Vince McMahon would be the first, first, first phone call to MJF. Ah, MJF. I like your style. Welcome home, son. Fuck Tony Khan. <laughs> I love what you did to that fucking bastard, Tony Khan. <laughs> Come on, man. You got to understand who these people are, man. Bruce Pritchard is a fucking cocksucker. Vince McMahon is a fucking scumbag. Of course they want MJF. They don't give a fuck. Don, Deontay McCombs with a $10 super chat. I said this when Jeff was signed. He's too good for short term. I do not trust him in a long term deal knowing his history with WWE and TNA. I hope what we saw wasn't the case. You and everybody else, man. I know uh, I know. I'm not the only one that said that. So, I hope you are right. Phil with a 999 Super Chat. Question for both of you. How do you feel about the match order? I thought the match order was great. I thought Tony Khan did a fantastic job with the match order. He did exactly what he needed to do because the NBA playoffs ended at a certain time. And that last hour and a half of the show, man, was fucking great. It flew by like it was nothing, man. Uh, how do you feel about the match order? It was great. I know that five hours is way too long for any pay-per-view. But how did you feel about the match order? OTS for life. P.S. I'm tired as fuck. Match order was great, man. I thought, what did you think of match order? The match order? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was pretty good. I don't think I had any any complaints at all about the match order. Um, the, the only concern going into it was where they were going to play Thunder Rosa and Deeb. And um, no death spot. Turned out great. Turned out fine. No issues. Uh, Mookie Z in the chat said the media scrum was hilarious as fuck. I, I wish I was there, man. I would have added some fucking intelligence to the media scrum. God only knows what fucking Denise added. Oh, God. oh Tony, oh. Tony, pick me! Pick me, Tony! Even Izzy, man. Izzy, Izzy's more ruthless than fucking anybody, man. Holy shit, you gotta see Izzy in one of these fucking media scrums, man. She's stepping over everybody. <laughs> At least I like Izzy and her father. Holy shit. <laughs> Um, Phil, thank you so much, man. Guy with the animals with a five dollar super chat. Wild thing playing while the match began was the highlight of the night for me. 
personally, it was just a really cool idea, and the song fits so well. Absolutely, man. I love that. It reminded me of the old ECW days. Fabian Cleveland becomes a new member, man. Thank you for becoming a VIP, brother. What are you drinking tonight, man? Carp with a 999 Super Chat. Uh, Tony Khan just went off on someone mentioning the statement Eric Bischoff made about CM Punk not being a ratings drawer in the post-show scrum. Well, whoever asked that question should ever be invited back again. Right, why the fuck they egg on Tony Khan, man? You're gonna fucking... Uh, you're gonna go into the lion's den and fucking put your hand through the fucking cage, man. Tony Khan's gonna bite your hand off. Come on. What a fucking idiot, man. I'd love to know who the fuck... Who, who asked that question? Diesel. 3290 becomes a new member, man. What are you drinking tonight, brother? Thank you so much. Deshaun Peace with the 499 Super Chat. Bleacher Report sucks, but I enjoy the pay-per-view. Who do you see challenging Punk? I say Cole or Brian. Why not both? Why not both, man? Bleacher, I don't know who orders on Bleacher Report, man. To the Fight TV, which is shaky at best. I, I never had a good uh, experience with Fight TV. I ordered through Verizon, man. I got Verizon cable. Not a fucking heck up in sight. I, I got a BR live. Not a single issue. None. Uh, me, none, Wilson. None, none. Wait, wait. Go... Gold 24-7 said, damn, what did Denise do to JD? I want to answer that. Absolutely nothing, bro. What did nothing Denise do to JD? Um, nothing at all. The answer is nothing at all. Nothing. Nothing. So she didn't do anything? Nothing. Nothing at all. She didn't do anything? No. She's a swell woman. Did nothing to him at all. Swell woman, man. He's she, just she, an asshole. She, she may have a voice that pierces glass. But she's a swell individual, man. Yo, Denise, you want to ride in the Mustang? Come on. Oh, my God. Me, Wilson, with a 4.99 Super Chat. Tonight was a fun show. Glad I was there live. Lost my voice, but had fun. Glad you had fun, brother. I wish I was there. AEW for life with a $5 UK Super Chat. I get why TK put TBS match on to get Jade on the pay-per-view as their big star and to showcase Anna as a future prospect and give her a big match experience. Yes, but it did not need to be on the on the pay-per-view, and I, and I would have put it on Rampage. Yeah, no. Just based on the way it was made and booked. You want Jade on the show? Build her a feud. Yes. World of Wrestling with a 5 Super Chat. This was a good pay-per-view, but TK, please make it eight or nine matches. This was overkill. I barely paid attention to the women's title match because I was burnt out. Well, you missed one hell of a fucking match, man. You might have missed matching tonight. The fuck's wrong with you, bro? Uh, Hoyt Ronaldo with 199 Super Chat. Where does the AW Championship... TNT TBS Championship Women go. Oh, they go wherever Jade and Thunder Rosa take them, bro. Where, where, where are they going? Where are they going? Oh, they're going to go to WWE. Bruce wants them. He wants to bury them. Just like all the other women's championships. Danny Baker with a $10 Super Chat. You guys and your early prediction, who do you think will take the title from Punk when he eventually loses it? Bro, we just got CM Punk winning the title about two hours ago. And you want to take the fucking title off of him, man. What's wrong with you? MJF is taking the title off of CM Punk, man. That's who's going to take the title off of CM Punk. If it's not CM Punk, it's going to be Adam. If it's not uh, MJF, it's Adam Cole. Danny Baker. Hooligan. What happened? Hooligan. Keeps asking about results of the fucking pay-per-view. There's a new website. It's called Google.com. G-O-O-G-L-E.com. All the fucking results, bro. Danny Baker with a $20 Super Chat. What up, JD and Jesse? One hell of a pay-per-view tonight. Have a good night. Peanut butter whiskey. Cheers. Thank you, Danny Baker. I got to go get myself some peanut butter whiskey, by the way. I got no more. I'll put it in the chat for you. 
Todd Twiley with a new membership. Todd, what are you drinking, brother? What are you drinking tonight, man? Round is on me. Captain Solo with a five dollar super chat. I love that latest T-shirt design, Jay. The only chance to see that on a coffee mug. Um, I can try, Captain. I can try. I don't. I don't know. I, I think I might have tried, and uh, I don't know if it uh, really went through. But uh, I'm, I'm glad you love the T-shirt design, man. Go get yourself one. Man of five. Uh, man of one thousand and five holds. I would have shortchanged him a thousand if he was the man of five holds. Man of a thousand and five holds. Five dollar super chat. Jay, the and Jesse. Hope you both had your coffee. Double or nothing was pretty good. The best in the world. Shows why you, uh, why he's the best in the world. Congrats to Punk. Congrats to CM Punk, man. We love CM Punk over here. Uh, yes, I had a coffee this morning. I had an energy drink, a Dr. Disrespect energy drink, and I had two caffeinated beverages during the show, man. I'm hopped up on caffeine. I don't even think I'm going to bed. I'm ready to go. I could go, own, I could go another hour. He makes his own energy drink? Yeah. What the fuck is in it? Crystal meth? I don't know. Michael Evans with a $50 super chat. Thank you so much, Michael Evans. With MJF possibly leaving the company, Andrade is someone I feel should take the top heel spot. Eh. Without being said, no, he can't speak English, man. <laughs> he doesn't speak English well, so. Uh, with that being said, this is a chance for other wrestlers to step up. Who do you guys think could be a potential future heel? Cheers, JD, for a long day. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, they got some great wrestlers. Anybody could be a great heel, man. Paige could be a great heel if they want to turn him heel. Adam Cole's there. He's a great heel. Kenny Omega, great left heel. Kenny Omega left as the top heel. Yeah. He's like Jer- Jericho, Jericho's still there. Yeah, he's not going to come back as a heel. But... Justin with the 499 Super Jack. Great pay-per-view. Capped off my Celtics with a conference championship. Congratulations, brother. Celtics with the Miami 100-96. to 96. It's, it's a super lucrative energy drink? I have n- I never heard of it. Uh, it's, no, it's it's very. I don't even think they sell it anymore, man. It, it was uh, a one-time right. deal. I got some. A oh, really? Of, oh. A pack of twelve. Yeah. Yeah. He made oh. it. You know, he didn't make it himself. He had the. Uh, he had the obviously the the Mountain Dew people make it for him, and it was his recommendation on what flavor he wanted. Oh. Yeah. I, I thought he. I thought he had his own brand. No. Uh, Shinobi, two month membership. You are the goat, JD. Peace and love to everyone in the chat. This is the best community. Cheers. Thank you, Shinobi. Glad you're here for two months, man. Here's to another two more. Todd Twiley with a $5 Super Chat. Thank you, Todd. I appreciate you, brother. Putting your title on your top draw, best performer, makes the most business sense. Botching the buckshot made a better story by Punk. On purpose? Punk is just a master of what he does, man. He botches it, he turns it into a fucking story in mid-match. That's how great it is. Yeah. Man of a thousand five holes with a $2 Super Chat. Now serving shots of pipe bombs and Pepsi plunges. Maybe I should get a, maybe I should get a Pepsi plunge logo on the fucking beer garden, man. What do you guys say? Let's talk about it tomorrow. Phil with a 999 Super Chat. CM Punk returns at the first dance. Nine months later, he's the world champion again. I would have never guessed that he returned to wrestling, let alone be a world champion. And amazing stuff. Phil, it needed to happen, man. This is the right decision. This was always going to be a decision. I knew it from the beginning. Hoodlum 666 with a 499 Super Chat. Keep killing it, JD. Driving back to Cali from Vegas. Hell of a show. Stay safe on the road, brother. Get home safe. Captain Solo with a $2 Super Chat. Do you prefer De Niro or Pacino? I am going with uh, Pacino. Stu Sexton with a 28-month membership. Holy shit. Thank you, Stu Sexton. Stu Sexton is a fucking VIP times two, man. Thank you for staying up super late with us to give us an incredible review of a great pay-per-view. OTS for life. Best in the IWC. Thank you, Stu. As always, brother, we love you. Joey Clemenza with a seven-month membership. I'm really hoping this is the last Super Chat. JD, Jesse, get some sleep, boys. Thank you for keeping the venue open so late. Much appreciated. 
Joey, thank you so much, brother. Tim B with a $5 Super Chat. Great AEW show, great OTS stream. Long live Je Jesse and JD. And Tony Brown with a $4.99 Super Chat. Yeah, I loved the meat, says Tony Brown. There we Brown. go. There we go, man. We there know we you love the meat, bro. Okay. We know you yeah. love that meat, man. Come on. Woo. There's no way. I, there's no way how anybody can't love the meat that was on tonight's show, man. Now it's a show. I, I got to get my Tony Brown booty meat fucking super chats every night. Anytime there's booty meat, man. Tony Brown's going to be there. Uh, Jesse, we're about done with the super chats, man. Any parting words before I fucking uh, rev up the Mustang no, and get no, the fuck out? No, 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 man. Yeah, you no. got, listen, man, we no. got, got 2,500 people still here, man, waiting to see you, man. Get the fuck out of this chat. Good night. Bro, <laughs> address the audience, man. We got 25 large, man. We had 3,600 people in here. Today. Uh. Guys, thank you for joining us. See, all kidding aside, it's been a long fucking night, man. I mean, I did it for this guy. I was not gonna be here. I was not. I was gonna bail and just go to sleep. But he asked me to come on, so I'm fucking here, man. So, um, thank you so much. Join me. Uh, my link is at the top of the chat for my uh, live streams, and let's talk more tomorrow. Mason Ramar with a five dollar super chat. What's up, guys? Great review tonight. What do you think about FTR taking the tag titles and putting? Uh... Uh, getting a proper run as champs. Thanks. Have a good night. Uh, Mason, they are the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. They will be just fine, man. They will still have uh, classics because they are just that damn good. Guys, thank you so very much, man. It was a busy, busy day, a long day. Um, I'm still ready to go. I don't know why we're all still up, Issa. I don't know, Issa. I don't know why the fuck I'm still up, man. Make me a fucking old-fashioned somebody, man. I, I keep going. What the fuck is Issa doing? Issa's, Issa's an eye-hole like me, man. What time is it we in Puerto sleep. Rico? We don't sleep. It's East Coast time, man. It's fucking 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. East Coast. Oh, my God. I don't know, man. It's crazy. Uh, listen, guys. Uh, Memorial Day tomorrow. Enjoy your days. I'm going to do something. I won't be on YouTube or, or Twitter a lot tomorrow. Uh, I will see you guys live in the venue tomorrow night for Monday Night Raw, which I'm sure WWE is going to put one hell of a show together, man, for Memorial Day. They're going to put so much effort into that show tomorrow, man. Holy shit. I can't wait. Can't wait. Probably going to be a fucking skippable Raw, as always. But uh, listen, guys, thank you. We eventually became the number one show. I know Saps, Saps started off with 3,800 fucking people because he had breaking news about MJF and media scrum shit. We overtook Fightful tonight, man, so I appreciate all you guys for sticking with us and making us number one tonight. Jesse, appreciate you. I appreciate you. Follow me on Twitter at JD from NY206. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on that bell for notifications. And make sure you guys go check out the podcast from earlier today, man. Episode 432 of OTS. Guys, I need two things from me, man. I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And when you hear that guitar solo, come on, guys. I know you know what you got to do. I need that music on max. I'll see you guys live tomorrow night, man. Thank you for a great weekend. AEW killed it again tonight. And I'll see you tomorrow night in the venue for Monday Night Raw. I'll see you guys later.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co 